This episode of Race Brain Podcast is brought to you by Resolute Coffee. I've been working with Resolute Coffee for some time now, and I got to tell you, the product just keeps getting better and better. They're very dedicated to their craft. You know why? Because they're part of this community. They know what hard work and determination will get you. So the founder puts a lot of energy into this craft. And if you're going to drink nice coffee, you might as well support somebody that's within the community. My personal favorites are the Aponte Honey. That's has a washed processing. So it's a little bit cleaner, a little bit more familiar, a little bit more of approachable cup of coffee, very quality. If you like something a little bit more adventurous, I like the Ethiopian natural. It's going to give you a little bit more fruit, a little funkiness. It's a little bit less predictable, a little bit more of an adventure in the cup for your mornings, if that's what you like. RR20 at checkout for 20% off of your order. Resolute Coffee, crush shit daily. Hello and welcome, Race Brain Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. Joining me, as always, Bracken Crocker. Late as typical will be Jack Bauer. This is one of those give an inch, take a mile scenarios, Bracken. Jack's like, hey, can we push the start time back every single week? And we're like, yeah, 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 that's no problem. Now he's late anyway, even though we've done that. Yeah, and I'm not one to talk because I roll in right at the time or right after for many things in my life. But if you request an extra half hour, you can't be the same amount of time late. You can't keep pushing it back. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. But he's going to show up. Real job. Couple friends talking about stuff that like one billionth of the planet cares about. My guy needs to get his priorities in order because he's all twisted up. Today, we we have a lot to talk about. World's toughest mutter to recap Grease trifecta Ooh. to recap. Then we're going to do a little bit of drafting for High Rocks Chicago. I'm in there. I'm taking me. I don't care what pick I have. I'm doing. I, maybe not. I don't know. I, there, we'll fi- we'll figure that whole whole Here's, thing out. I have a proposal. Okay. And I don't know if it's serious or not, but I think we draft first. Sometimes draft the first. Only, yeah. Sometimes the only way to drive home the point and get people to care is that they have to get burned by their actions. And if Jack's not here to draft, he's going to just get a dumpster fire of a team. He gets the, uh, we auto draft for him, just like we auto draft. random people who've done high rocks in the past, not even the, the, that are in the elite 15. Yeah, it's people who have qualified, but uh, didn't declare. One, one time my aunt drafted Chad Jackson instead of Chad Johnson back then. Chad Jackson, I think was like a third stringer on the pads, dude. So it could be that type of thing. Yeah, that's it's, it's pretty common. That happens. So were you locked into uh, to either of these things? I mean, the trifecta seemed harder to watch than we were hoping. Uh, I was locked into the results. I was following that along. Same with the world stuff. Is, uh, like we talked about before, like just watching a live stream of something like that, it's a little bit disjointed. It's a little bit hard to, to figure out what's going on. But I was following it as much as possible. I was following Matt. That ORM, he was over there, and I'm sure he's going to have a ton of content later on. But uh, right now, in terms of what I've had a chance to consume, it's basically been the story through the results. I had, outside of surgeries, I had my least active weekend of my entire adult life. Nice. I've PR'd. I watched only running all weekend long. 
I turned on the live stream 30 minutes before the race started and sat there waiting for it to go live at 1130 for world's Lisa, toughest for world's toughest. <laughs> and Lisa and I shut it off at like 1145 that night. What? And then I checked in throughout the night every time I woke up and then crack at dawn the next morning, had it back on. And at like probably like 7 p.m. I turned to her. She came into the room. Uh, she had left for like two minutes, came back to the room. I said, you can turn something else on. I'll put this on my tablet. She said, I'm invested. Don't you dare change this. You guys were locked in. Locked in. And then like our kids, Callie stayed here before at our house. Right. And so our kids know and love Callie. And so they're locked in because they get to see Callie. It blows their mind that their buddy is on TV, on YouTube. For them, YouTube's like that the ultimate TV. channel. That's true. Yeah, we were locked in. Plus, plus New York Marathon, plus yes. trifecta. Yes, I just did nothing, and then football and NASCAR. I did nothing but watch TV all weekend long. I was on the couch for like forty eight hours. Feels good sometimes. Wild. So, anyways, I, I I got it all. Well, let's start at uh, let's start at World's Toughest then, since you yeah. consumed that the most. Everything. Uh, we'll run through the top 10. We'll start on the the female side. Chris Roglowski taking it down for the second year in a row. Kelly Schweikart finishing second. Stephanie Bland third. Nikki Caromba. Uh, Karm, Jenny Overstreet was fifth. Robin Costas was sixth. Katie Knight seventh. Sarah Tucker eighth. Melissa Linden ninth. And Corinne Colin in tenth. So, not a tremendous surprise at the top. We figured that would be the case. She's been Chris has been the cream of the crop when it comes to basically any type of OCR endeavor, especially anything that involves ultra distance. Mm-hmm. Kevin Schweikart was finished with the same exact total of miles as, as Chris this time, both finishing with 90. So where do you want to start, BK? I think I'm going to start with a disclaimer. Which is that I believe these miles lie. I think of all the years of world's toughest, these miles are the least indicative of the work they did out on course. I was first made aware of this by Ian Floyd, chatting with him. He was out there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our guy, Ian Floyd. And then checking in with a couple people afterwards. It seems like this this was the course with the most mileage spent doing penalty loops. Really? He's talking 400 to 800 meter penalty loops with a penalty in the loop. And so he said Cali was way over 100 miles of to- like when, of total when, distance. So I'm, I'm sure you people have their watch running this entire time. Yeah. Right. You can get a general idea. And usually you get a few miles extra. No she matter. She was what. over 100. She was. Yeah. Oh, wow. And what did she hit on race day? It said 90. So she was like. 10, 11, 12, maybe more. I don't know her exact her exact measurement, but she was over 10 miles of just penalty loops. Wow. And so okay. everything that's on there, and we kind of wonder like, why did Chris not get 100? Because you expect so much out of her. Why did some of these people get less this year, even though weather was better? It was yep. because the penalties were so long and taxing. Oftentimes in the past, it was a penalty or a penalty loop. And they combined many of those together into penalty loops with a penalty in the middle of it. So I, I think that, that there's an asterisk on these results that like Austin's result is up there with some of the best we've ever seen as are Kelly's and, uh, and Chris's for someone like Austin though, who is so sure True. gripped, right? True. Like this, this could be a reason why he did end up in the front. Yeah. Or, what were the penalties for? And what were they like? Where were they any idea? Cause I mean, world's tough is it's hard to have like 
a, a real record on these because they do change things. Like they have those like fast yeah. lap type of things or you have like, you, you know, it, it was like, what is it? Uh, where you accumulated like tokens or something at some point and like things change every year. So it's yeah. really not a race that you can look at and be like, oh, this based off of results is the best performance we've ever seen. It really is. Right. And then on the year, the venue and what they decided to do with it. it yeah. It gets you ballpark, but you're, you're that point about Austin is correct. And that this course rewarded more than maybe any other course ever, except for the really cold, wet courses. It, it rewarded not failing mm. because the disparity between a penalty this year and other years was higher. And so him going through and failing probably very little all race was saved him miles of running rather than minutes of running. And, and I, I mean, think it was part of some of the, sorry to cut you off. I think it's part of the, why we saw some people just stop moving throughout the night. Hmm. What we saw is that obstacles open later than usual. They were still building and completing obstacles as the race started. Hmm. So the, the the rollout was later, but then when it hit, suddenly people were experiencing these loops, like 20 extra minutes on course, just mm -hmm. on loops. And they started getting just down on themselves that I can't catch up on mileage and I'm only going backwards. And I think that's why you saw people not going back out. You saw people sitting on 50, 60, 70 miles for hours because it wasn't the cold. It was just depressing the distance they had to cover were, were there obstacles like last year where they had that funky monkey with the banana thing with a big reach where literally everyone failed were there obstacles that were that challenging this year where there really wasn't an option to get through it i i don't know and i don't know who would know other than the people who are there because even though the coverage was the best coverage i've ever seen for world's toughest it's inherently limited you can only be in so many right. spots at once. And so they would focus on an obstacle for five, 10, 30 minutes. And then you get a different view somewhere else. And it was dependent on signal and lighting. So we didn't see the majority of the obstacles. There, there were there were bananas hanging on a rig. And mm. you could see that everyone on screen was failing them. But we didn't get to see Austin go through it. Or I don't Chris. know if I ever saw Austin right. go through it. Right. We saw some people pass it. But it looked like once they got slick, the reach wasn't crazy. It was just really difficult on people. I believe Austin was the only athlete who was able to complete it last year. Mm. And I think he only did it once or twice and nobody else could do it. So I mean, even if they change that, it just seems like a really, really challenging scenario. And with it being penalty, long penalty loops, I could see it just being demoralizing. Not all of them were, but many of them were. I think the penalty for that is you had to run across to a field and pound a stake, a wooden stake into the ground to a certain depth and then get it back out. And then pull it out. <laughs> yeah, but you're using a mallet and it was tough to get it out. And so it was just grip penalty for a grip obstacle. Right. I like. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is a good that's a good disclaimer on this is like the results that we're seeing in terms of the number that might not tell the exact story. But that is a lot of what this race does, right? It, it mm -hmm. pushes you to those mental limits, not just physically of what you can do in terms of like ultra running where it is just one single modality. It's just keep moving forward. And when it gets hard, you can't really mentally escape that for for this. It just seems like obstacle, like the literal, uh, literal obstacles messing with your head and then trying to, and then having those big penalties on top. So seems pretty miserable. I think that this course, this, this event is the closest to the line that you can get between OCR and goofy games. I think <laughs> yeah. this is as close as you can push it to the line without stepping over because it is built upon 
getting you to your breaking point and then find out who you are, which is the premise of all the military inspired competitions and camps out there is to, mm. we don't care what, how good you are at things. Normally we want to find out what can you do once we remove all your skills. Mm-hmm. And I think this, this does the best job of that, that we've seen of doing it in a way that's still truly and wholly a competition without going into just like bizarro land. Right. Right. They're not fighting each other. No. Which is good. Yet. Not yet. Who know who knows who's gonna buy who and what this thing will eventually become. I, could you imagine though, is because Cali lost by an hour and two minutes, I think. One oh two or one oh four. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. One oh two. So if Chris had to wait at the finish line for her and then they wrestled for who won. <laughs> imagine being uh how do you pronounce the guy I got second? Michael Schott? Shot? I think they went with oh, shoot. Shoot. Imagine me and Michael shoot finishing in second, getting a hundred, like a hundred miles. Then Austin Azar sitting there waiting for you, 200 <laughs> pounds of beast and just ready to pin you to, pin you. to the ground. Yeah. You're about not, to DNF. Not, <laughs> that's not <laughs> what you want. Uh, so on the women's side, I mean, like Callie is definitely, I think Callie is uh, one of the bigger stories on here. Last year, she m- made some mistakes in, mm-hmm. in terms of how she was approaching the cold. And when to kind of get a wetsuit on and, and when to how, to how to kind of manage those type of feelings. And that, that kind of knocked her out earlier than anticipated. Yeah. So she took an early lead, like pretty commanding. And you, and we were talking offline, but online. We and were we were, it, we were, I was nervous. <laughs> I was like, I don't love that she's already winning. That's not some, a place that you want to be this early. Uh, and so being able to hang on into second, she she knew what she was doing. You know, she, she's plugged in. She wasn't just winning. She was like 12 minutes ahead. And then I thought, if I'm recalling, it's all a jumble now. So in hindsight, I might be wrong. Once people are listening to this, I thought she hit a 20 minute lead at one point. Mm, maybe. That is outrageous. And I think the comment was no one belongs ahead of Chris ever in this race. <laughs> right. Until like two in the morning. If you want to do well. You don't go out faster than the person who is the world record holder. Right. World, the world best. I don't think you'd say world record holder, but the fact that she went out and then proved herself right because she faded for a bit. She got caught. It moved into second. And then she got caught again into third. Oh, really? And then she worked back overnight. And we don't see that a lot. Same thing with shoot. Shoot took like a three hour and 26 minute pit. Which oh, is wow. usually the like that's me signing off. That's it. And then he came back and then started running one O's when people were running 120s, 130s. He ran like 107, 109, and suddenly was right back up in it and then closed it out and took second. There were some people that bet on themselves in an aggressive way and it and it worked. And Callie was the prime example. She knew more of her staying power than we believed she had. Let, let, let's welcome welcome Jack in here, showing up a cool 14 minutes late, but that's all right. We're glad to have you. I was up till 4 a.m. finishing a project. And that's normal time. I'm not concerned about Listen, how early in the morning you're awake. Uh, when I've, your homework I've, doesn't get done. You guys you guys can bash me all you want. I'm not in the mood for that right now. After what I've <laughs> Well, in your defense, you do look like hell. <laughs> I, it has been a rough day. <laughs> Go get some sleep. I got to talk with you guys. You do. Yeah. You have to. Oh, we can't. I we can't seen let this, this pass. Jack before. 
I am I'm not taking it today. You got to race on Saturday, dude. You need to get yeah. that rest. You need to I get, need to get rest sleep. right. You need to get I, your rest yeah. right. It's an early morning race for for our guy too. Yeah, I'm basically gonna have to flip 24 hour sleep schedule and which no, athletes did you. this past week. Yeah, let's just stay up. I'm with you. I'll stay up with you. I think that's a great idea. We'll nap after. (laughs) We'll do it together. So anyway, (laughs) how do we think we're we're talking? We started with Callie, Jack, uh, but I guess in terms of BK, those instances that you brought up with uh, Michael Schutz and and, and Callie kind of fading and coming back. Do we think the weather had something to do with athletes ability to do that? Where in the past where it's so cold, like being able to gear up and, and go and run well later, like mentally and physically is more of a challenge where this seemed like it was relatively pleasant in the, the nighttime parts. Like, is that something we could to do some of this or is it just people being more fit, more dialed in knowing how to do this thing? Well, it's all of it. Every year people get better at the task. There's more athletes posting their training plans, talking about it on podcasts, coaching each other more experienced and and yeah they're running bigger volume than anyone's used to run prepping for this like it used to be unheard of jung young pack was the only guy who would run 100 mile weeks to prep for this now it's like dj fox runs 100 every week of his entire life at altitude with vert i guess and he didn't race but like that's what the whole the whole camp out there does and so they're way more prepared but they yeah, had the weather is everything we, we've talked about like you can recover from fueling you can recover even from cramping. You can recover from a lot of things. Once you go pre-hypothermic or hypothermic, you don't recover. The recovery process is hours right? rather than minutes. And, and so that ability was big. And also, I, I really do think the big penalty loops played into it. The people could be like, I have such a gap to make up. This is going to take me four laps to make up 30 minutes. And then suddenly I made up 22 minutes that lap. All right, I'm back in it. And that just a little sliver of hope in a grueling race is sometimes everything. I like the point that you brought up about, uh, it, is it shot or shut? Uh, we don't know. Okay. I liked it when uh, she was saying Michael Scott. That was my favorite, but they were saying <laughs> shoot towards the end. Shoot. Okay. We're going to go with I, shoot. Because I know like Signe, who um, you, you, we talked about her on the OCR draft. She has that same like, oh, with the slash in it. And I think it's more like an uh type of sound. I might be wrong. That's just how I was hearing it. So I don't know. We'll we'll go with uh, Michael Scott just to keep it simple. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think his strategy was you, you nailed it right there. It's like taking that rest, and then he comes out and feels alive. It's like that. That was mm-hmm. just. I don't know if I've seen athletes take a three hour pit stop at any point and do it. You, you've seen like, all right, I need a thirty minute power nap, and usually when you see that you're like it's done like other people are moving you are stationary you cannot catch up to them because it's impossible to to run down someone out with a 30 to 60 minute head start that late yeah. in the race so what he did was incredible to, to end up matching what i want to know and maybe he's talked about it already but i haven't heard it yet is what was the mindset was to say hey i'm doing my thing this is my plan i'm sticking to it or did he pit and just say forget it Sleep. I need a rest. Or did he quit and then wake up and decide, right, I can do it again. There are a couple of ways that could have gone. And I am really interested to hear what actually transpired in those three hours and 26 minutes that led to that comeback. Are people going to try it again or next year? Like after seeing that you can reach under with that method. I think it makes sense for cold years a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah real warm. Uh, that'd be yeah, hard. Like, I mean, 
after getting warm, thinking about going and getting cold is probably harder. You know, once you, you need a real big carrot and a real big stick, you yeah. need a special crew for sure. Uh, let me run through the men's real quick because we talked about the women's results uh, for the top 10. So we had Austin Azar taking it down for the great North. Michael Shoot, uh, Joe Rucco is third. Josh Fiore was fourth. Christian Brown Johnson was fifth. And sixth, Matt Gill. Seventh was Brant Baller. Eighth was Isaac Sanderson. Ninth, Grant Thompson. And tenth was Jay Fettig. Got a question about Austin. Is he the most or second most versatile athlete in our domain right now on the men's or across the board either men's he's deaf i mean is he more than rylan like he that's the only one that i can compare Every, everyone historically has been like oh atkins is the most versatile but he hasn't done an ultra ocr since 2019 when he did the 24 or, hour there or hybrid and he, to he, and he doesn't dabble with hybrid so it's yeah. like as much as you'd like to think he's not and then you know hunter obviously his dominance in hybrid but he came and he got he's done like one obstacle race in the past five, six years. And he got like seventh or eighth at San Luis Obispo. So he's not in contention there anymore. I, I think it could be Austin. The I mean, the narrative up until this point is that everyone knows Austin's just an all around man. He can do it all and will do it all and happily does it all and politely do it all. And we mm -hmm. all love him for it, but like he doesn't scare anyone in any one venue. When he showed up to the three K he did well, but no one was like, oh, shoot, Austin's on the line because he's not like blazing fast. And then he shows mm -hmm. up to High Rocks and no one was like, oh, crap, Austin's here. But he does really well because he's just like a strong man. Mm -hmm. And he shows up to World's Toughest. Everyone, no one's like, oh, man, Austin's here. He's going to like blow us out of the water. It's we know he's going to do well and we know he's going to be moving in the last four, you know, six hours. But now he finally has that big, sexy performance that's like he has a calling card now. He was always jack of all trades master of none mm -hmm. but he mastered one now so i think that he's the best of the active range he has the best active range i think we all know ryan atkins everyone's a placeholder for atkins should he decide to try ultras again but currently take a snapshot right now no one's got a better resume right now or in the past few years but yeah i, th I would say Godet. Could match it. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see that. Veerman could match it without yeah. the high rocks. Yeah. Because they're scarier at every running distance than he is, but he would put them into the ground in high rocks. Yeah. That is a good question, Jack. I guess like, like Rylan is to the short distance of OCR and hybrid to what Austin Some is ultra. in the long, longer distance. Right. So like, it depends on which direction you go. Because I don't see Austin beating or like doing that well in shorter, shorter things in terms of his versatility, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, I think he has a decent DECA stronger mile, right? He's sub 12. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's a good so question. So if we take world's toughest first out and make it a third, then it gets real murky. But like Rylan will have a world best from 10 minutes yeah. all the way up to like 90 minutes. Minus high rocks. Ryland's not getting third or second at trifecta. Or uh, sorry, Austin is not getting third or second at trifecta world championship the same right. weekend. Probably not. But but Austin can go short, but then he can obviously drag people to deep waters. Yeah. And and to argue your point, Bracken, you said what what if it's a second or third? Let's just look at the mileage. How many people on the planet right now are going sixty point for high rocks, 
sub 11 or sub 12 for Deca strong and over a hundred miles for yeah. world's toughest mother. I don't know. One. No one. It's his own, it's his own club. It's his own club. We'll have to make up for him. So he yeah. gets it right now. He's, he okra. has the crown. If of they his, go out today, uh, let's make, let's make this a, a category for okras. Like the high fat. Yeah. Like the Mar- Range Rover award. I, I'm with it. If we can get a sponsorship. Oh, that's a, I like that name. Yeah, Range need, Rover. No, it needs to be, that's free advertising. Let me reach out. I'll send a yeah. matchbox car. <laughs> well, let me reach we out. We got to send stuff out this year. So it's a better, here's a sticker. Checks are in the mail, dude. What are you, Do you talking want, about? What, what's the best, uh, best, I guess, thing that you've got? Like whenever I go on uh, Scott, the Fane Knowles podcast, he sends out some stickers. So that, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. That's nice. A couple of other ones give out stickers as well. Rich, you have been nice in the past. Um, I will send out nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I will insults. not go to the post office. Anything that yeah. requires me to go into the post office, not going to happen. No. Super My easy mom to go loves to the post, going office, to the post don't... office. Really? Man, maybe yeah. she should be I hate it. We can this. see it from here. Ah, nice. Bracken them over there anytime. The Even nearest still. one, the nearest one for me is on 8th Street, which is probably the one you used to go to. That one just takes forever to go to. Yeah, plus you might get shot on 8th Street. It's not the 8th Street is bad or stabbed. 8th Street's in, a dividing line. In, in in the Walmart parking lot. I'll give you that. But <laughs> yeah, not not near the post office side. That's that's not bad. All right, all right. On the anyway, any other stories on the women's end? I mean, we didn't really talk about Chris too much because this isn't really a surprise. But she is the only like what was there five or six athletes who have done this twice. Mm-hmm. It's At- Atkins, yeah. Trevor, Rhea, Amelia. Rhea. Yep. Pack did not. Um, Juliana Sproles, Deanna Bleg is not. Uh, Stephanie Bishop hasn't. She might be the fifth. She might be the fifth. I don't. Which, Katie Knight hasn't. Like you've had right. a lot of multiple podium people, but wins. Mm-hmm. I think she's now in a very limited, uh, rare. Well, and, and she did it in a year that I think it's difficult where there isn't a other co favorite to throw your battling with. Like Katie Knight would be the other co favorite, but Katie Knight hasn't been on any race course that I can think of recently and didn't really like she ran the first couple laps with her but when she won she went for it didn't look like she really went for it i think returning to an ultra event having already had your best possible moment in one like 24-hour experience having to get up for it again as the favorite is the one of the most difficult races on the planet to repeat as because now you just know how bad it's going to be but the first time buzz is gone and now people expect something. So I think that's really difficult to do. And for Chris, this was a race that she wasn't even sure she was going to do this this season as they <laughs> they weren't very forthcoming about the prize money that kind of came came late. It was so low. Yeah. in terms of just like the mental preparation, I mean, physically, she's going to be ready generally when we're talking about Chris. But the, the mental part and like wrapping your head around what this means has to be a little bit more of a challenge. So real quick, Jen Young Pack did win twice. He won 11 and 12. And 12, and, uh, you're right. Amelia yeah. won three times, 12, 14, 15. So Chris needs to match that one, has one more time to to match that. But if she, no one's ever done three consecutive. Solo. Yeah. Don't, why do you always try to bring teams up in this? That, I, I'm just verifying. Because well, hey, I mean, this is when, team week. That ain't, when, when Atkins and Albin ran together as a team and had the most mileage that year. It's like 
and he's the one carrying Albin in that case. That, I mean, that's a win. But anyway, we ain't talking about teams for the yeah, event that has teams. no but no yeah. teams. There's teams no are one. like practice. Team, yeah, yeah. Well, teams are practice. No, I'm talking about practice. About practice. Um. Yes. So that that's just a note on Chris, right? Like, again, not surprising, but that she is now in a rare club and she if she chooses to come back next year she has something to accomplish that nobody else has ever accomplished in winning it three in a row were we surprised about katie knight's finish in seventh after finishing first and then second second yeah still three top 10 finishes in three years and two on the podium to me it's just like they're not all going to be amazing yeah, it's it's not surprising at all, and it has nothing to do with her. It's just the fact that this isn't an event where you just show up with capacity and capacity wins. There's so many reasons. My my grandma, before she died, she gave Lisa and I a piece of advice. So this is the only relationship advice I ever give anyone. She said, every couple will find a reason to get divorced. Everyone will just have a really good reason. It's just whether you choose to even explore it or not. Hmm. It's like you're not unique if suddenly you're like, oh my God, this could lead to it. And that's what an ultra is. Every single person will have a reason to quit, a really good reason. And it'll make a lot of sense at the moment. It's just whether you explore it or not. And so it's not just I have the greatest aerobic capacity or anaerobic capacity or VO2 max. And so I win as long as I execute. Like that only takes you a few hours. So it never surprises me when anyone does poorly at these because it almost seems like you're defying the odds to do well in the first right. place. Right. Yeah. I mean, Michael Schutt almost had a perfect race for the first 80% of it. And then, you know, stuff goes wrong. And he he happened to be the exception to the rule where he came yeah. back and did it. But you can nail it in a 24-hour event. Like, But that extra 15, 20% that you don't nail is hours where other people are making progress. So it's there are just so many variables that can go wrong. It's It's so difficult to repeat. Watching New York where the commentators at one point were like, and they just had such a long event to stay focused for. And I thought, you know what? It is. But having just watched World's Toughest, this is cute because they had to sit there in the bad zone for like 15, 18 hours. There's <laughs> just so many times to just give in. You're just like, all right, my body's right. I need to stop. It's so incredible to watch people not quit. The work rate's different between the two events, though. I'm sure if you're out there for totally stuff, you're, not like, getting, you're like in La La Land, you're like, oh, what am I thinking about? And, and in a marathon, you're like, my whole body might explode for a full hour. Did a single person in that course run a single step faster than like five-minute mile pace? Yes. That start was <laughs> oh, the faster start was than you're the right. start <laughs> Logan and I had <laughs> just a few weeks ago. That's true. So yeah, the d- different intensities, obviously. Much different, but, but worse. Yeah, I mean, like in, uh, a, in a, yeah, I think it's worse. You think it's worse? I mean, could I, you imagine I've the New York the, the New York Fire Department opening the fire hydrants and start spraying the lead guys with water like every once in a while as they go by? That like that's brutal. These it's different because they're known commodities for him. Like a, people are like, a, what's the most painful race? I think it's all relative. It's whichever one you're you're not quite prepared for, but are fit enough meters. to survive. Because all the others, it's a known commodity. I can work at this work rate for this amount of time and I miss by a little bit. It's going to be blow up, but it's only going to hurt for however long. You know how long it is. 
everything is an unknown commodity at a 24 hour race. Cause you don't know if your pacing was correct until you cross the line. You're just, it's mental torture, I think. So let's talk about the men's side real quick. Some stories outside of Austin. We talked about Austin and uh, Michael Shute. We had Matt Gill finishing sixth. We didn't talk about him in the preview. Isaac Sanderson finishing eighth. He was also someone that we weren't sure were. Uh, I'm was impressed run. that he made it that far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm talk about range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Joe Rucco, did we, did we touch on him at all? I don't no. think so, right? So this these was are- the most heartbreaking moment I've watched in sports in a long time. Joe Rucco was in fourth in closing. He was taking like 10 to 12 minutes per lap for the last four laps out of, um, oh my goodness. Fiori was right ahead. Yeah, yeah, jo- Josh had a good. And then he, he had saved up some obstacle bypass bands and he got around him without Fiori knowing it. Oh, Fiori crossed the line in fourth thinking he was third. And then he saw Ruko standing there and was informed he did not go top three. Uh-huh. And it was like such a perfectly executed race by Ruko. And Fiori did a fantastic race as well. And then in a moment, had it all taken away at the finish line. It was like this stark contrast and it was it was really hard to watch. That's tough because uh, Josh had run. He was up there for a lot of it. He let out. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's another one. I was like, I don't think I like this that he's winning because yeah. I drafted him, but it didn't even matter what happened in that in those draft results. Yeah, I I got third at Dallas Stadium last year or two years, twenty twenty one, I guess. Um, thinking that I finished third, and then someone in the heat behind me, I, I go up to the award ceremony and they say someone else's name. So I I know that feeling, but it's nothing like a twenty four hour race with all that competition. That that's that's horrible to have that feeling. And he ran so gutsy. And so well, he was moving really strong. He was one of those that on, on the screen, like five hours in, I was watching him thinking I would not have a chance ever a prayer running against these. Sometimes you see people and think, I wonder if I could do that. He was moving way too strong, looked way too good, way too deep into the race. He went out hard and he ran so tough and it was taken away from him. in like the last 12 minutes of the lap, maybe less, maybe last six minutes. Let me pose a quick question to to you guys about this event. Could World's Toughest be like the most viable option to grow OCR? Like, should they just niche down even further? To get eyes on it, I think you, I think that makes sense. Do I don't mean? think the casual person is willing to to do more than a four or five hour event. Like, never mind a twenty four hour. What do you mean by grow it? Like have more events like this? I mean, I think because ju- participation, right? We've, they've already tried to do the mass participation. I think in terms of notoriety, like is this the route that the sport could be considered legitimate outside of just the people who do all of the events? I don't know. I think it has the most YouTube appeal in terms of like the documentary last year. By MBD, uh-huh. having something that someone can sit down and watch and be inspired and in awe about that. I think it fits very nicely in Spartan's little paradigm here. They always had the, you've done a sprint now do a super. We have this trifecta and it was genius marketing and it still works. People chase trifectas. It's a made up thing, but they chase it. This can be the ultimate, like 
you start on the couch and you progress through. And when you're ready, here's our big boy event at the end of the year that like, this is, this separates people. I think from both ends, from the YouTube perspective and from the, the, the Spartan, you know, spectrum of what you, how you progress, I think it does make sense in their ecosystem, but will it capture the audiences on like a yearly basis? I don't know. Or could it exist something like how a Barclays marathon or yes. like, like things like that, where, you know, this is not like OCR is not going to be something that is ever going to be in the public consciousness. This is right. in Western States eventually or UTMB. It's never going to have that well, notoriety. Well, I mean, but maybe. that's not either. That's not yeah, the public consciousness. That, that's what I mean. Maybe it could I, be, I think that could be ultimately the, the pinnacle of the sport if they could reach some type of, of notoriety to that level where elite yeah. athletes and like sponsors are all like kind of rallied around this event as opposed to a 3K championship, a super champion, like instead of all thousand championships that we have that are hard to watch anyway, mm -hmm. why not just make it for the people, the, the real ones, the people that really want to go out there and challenge themselves? I think it's the best version of OCR to bring to like the pinnacle of the sport, like to be the UTMB because mm -hmm. it will forever be an equal playing field. Like if you train enough high-end runners, we will all be obsolete out of the sport of OCR. Right. We'll right. all stick, but like there's more of them out there than there standard are standard OCR, not ultra. You're, standard. You're yes. Okay. Standard. Any version of it. I truly believe any version of OCR that exists, you you will train all of us out of it if you just get enough high-level runners. You get 30 Gregory Basilicos in the field. Sorry, yeah. we're done. Yeah. Yeah, because for everyone that drops out, there's going to be one that's good at it and wants to stick, but that will never happen at World's Toughest because it's too grindy of a race and there's too much intangible needed that they will always be equal plane. You will always have a, someone like an Anthony who can come out and be a splash for six or eight or 10 hours. And then you're going to have people like Austin who don't care about the six for six, eight, 10 hours. And then you're going to have some Anthony's that I believe like he could do try it again next year and the year after and eventually win it. Mm -hmm. But they'll never be all people with his pedigree or faster that just wipe everyone else out. So I think it's the perfect meeting ground where every year there's a new story of five new pros coming in versus the incumbents and what's going to happen. And it will always be a question mark. At this point, how many pro runners who are like serious haven't at least heard of OCR? Do you think that they're out there? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. every, every, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right. Like most people are, it's they're they've become aware of it and they probably laugh at it. But but like to Bracken's point, this is its own thing. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't overlap very much with anything. Like, yeah, you could say ultra running, but not really a, a looped course with obstacles and this type of mud and these type of challenges. There's nothing really like this where even to like three, like everything in OCR is very adjacent to, to trail running more or less with some grip strength. 3K, it's not veering too much outside of what we're doing in, in hybrid, you know? So I just don't think that, that like this stands alone to me. Yeah. You could pick the top 10 in any event in the hybrid OCR scene, just based off what they've done prior in other venues. And I don't think you could ever truly predict how they're going to do it at world's toughest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Any last thoughts on World's Toughest 2023? I, I did have a question. So GPS files are all out of whack. Some people are showing like 8,000 feet. Some people are showing 18,000 feet. Do you, do you know what it actually was? No. Per lap? No, did no, not not per lap. No way, eighteen thousand per lap at Dallas, Texas. Um, no, no, no. Just I'm in, saying, do you want to know what it was per lap? Because that'd be yeah, the right, way to find right, out. Roughly, I don't. No, oh, I don't know. okay. Did you just, it? There, there was a huge variability. I was thinking, like, if some people had eight versus nine thousand, it's like, oh, that's close. But like, once you're doubling the GPS for, you can get mud up in your watch, and it does screw with the altimeter. altimeter. Okay, yeah, I thought it was like two hundred some feet per lap. Okay. Oh, oh, that's it. That's what I thought, but I could, that was that's, just from that's, studying that's something over five map. miles. Yeah, I guess that's not that's not a ton. Yeah, moving on, Greece trifecta. Wait, first, I killed everybody in fantasy again. Everybody just got murked. No, I beat you. Beat me once. Well, that's not murking me then. You, yeah, you on didn't. a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh no one ever walked out of an overtime last second win and be like, we crushed them. <laughs> I do. That's what I say. Okay. No matter what. A win is not a slim victory. A win is definitive no matter what. Updated scoring, updated results. I didn't have the uh the leaderboard updated because I I wasn't sure I, I wasn't winning. But now that I am winning, I know what it is. So I'm winning. I'm nine and five. BK, you're seven <laughs> and seven. Jack, you're five and nine. Nope, that's not correct. You you have me and you have me and Bracken switched. Did you were you've been zero and eight the last results? How could you possibly have seven wins? I'm not zero and eight. Bracken, I had twenty six points when you had eighteen, and Bracken had sixty nine for OCR Worlds three K. Oh, and I had yeah, I 20, did. Yeah, I I, I went. Uh, two and two during those. You went two and two. Oh, that I had you as. Oh, I got shut out at OCR Worlds. Yeah. You got and shut I could have spoken up earlier, but I like this dynamic that's going on right now. So it is switched. Okay, great. So BK, you're in last. Perfect. Well, it's not totally switched. Well, if if you want a little graphic, so I'm not I have eight. It. The last eight. I just beat you. And I didn't take last at Worlds. You only had toughest. two. You only had two R- wins. Here, Bra- Rich, enable screen sharing. Let me do that. You have it. I've got a graphic for you guys. All right. Now he's back. Yeah. Sun's coming up. Either way. I don't know if that means I'm back or if I'm out. All right. You guys ready for this? Let's see it. Got the scoring. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Kirk, he's out. R.I.P. So we've got all of our scores and then the win-loss records after every single week so that we can keep track of it. Um, but yeah, right now, seven and seven me, Rich nine and five first place, Bracken in third place is uh, five and nine. But yeah, you did win the uh, the tiebreaker on... And tiebreaker, was... we're just doing the sixth per- the sixth finisher? Yeah, so if we look at Trifecta Worlds... Um, Let's blow so, it up. Do what? Let's blow it up for the people on their smartphones. Okay. It's about as big as it's gonna get. It, yeah, I'm trying to show all the all the numbers at, at the same time, but you guys got 23 for your top five, and then the sixth person was Bracken, eighth place, and 
Jamie Any Nunn in 12th for Rich. Who Thanks, was my, my swing vote? The athlete you coach. Federica. After all the name drama, yeah. <laughs> Federica came through for me. You know, she reached out. Oh, yeah. She, she sent said, me a DM. Yeah, she said, you're welcome. I apologized. And she's like, listen, I'm just trying to put myself out there this year with the big dogs. I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but I'm going after it. I'm like, that's that's exactly what you got to do. And she comes through and secures me the bag. Did the thing for you. I thought Peter Vernicki was going to end up being the the person because um, he was pretty close with uh, Tibol Jean for nine and ten. And that that almost made the difference. And I was like, Ben, we're getting in that gray area on whose pick was it technically? Screw up. Well, if I yeah. had if I would have had Julie Best, I would have. Oh, you would have won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. She would have performed fine. for you. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. She was ready to just just coast it in knowing that uh, I mean, she would have tried. She's yeah. a champion, but she and I are a pairing that bring out the best in each other. Well, this is great, Bracken. If you end up losing this whole season, that would put you, if, all of us, yeah. have a loss. So we'd all have to eat the pizza. So we have, this always ends with war, uh, Spartan Worlds. We're going to draft today for High Rock Chicago. Then what else did you have on there, Jack? I've got High Rock Chicago, each of the three distances for DECA solo event uh world championship so fit mile and strong and then if we can get stockholm and abu dhabi we can't draft for all three you think that's 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 a lot of drafting we just did for trifecta world championships and i don't know we'll we'll figure out we'll we'll do a they all declare for all three races though for trifecta yeah no we'll we'll do a deca world championship somehow might just be redundant might yeah. just be redundant. Yeah, maybe we'll, we can figure something out. Yeah, but that, I, okay. I think that should be one score. Okay, so two high rocks, a single deca, and then Abu Dhabi three k, and then uh, uh, Abu Dhabi is going to have a beast championship as well. Lesser prize money, but all the people are doing it. I don't know if we're gonna. Lindsay said she's doing, it and same as others, but we'll we'll probably focus on the three k because that's uh, what they're giving the most money to. Okay, so my question for the beast championship is: Is this a world championship? No, that's it. Better not. not be. Where does it rank? Is it more or less than a regional championship? I mean, is that going to give Lindsay five career if, if she ends up winning it? Or no? What, what, what's the label? Say, what, if Atkins, what if Atkins? What if I don't know anybody there. I guess. <laughs> so it's but, the best beast runner of the three K field. Yeah, is that what it determines? That's stupid. Nope. Or no one's showing up. Still travel for that alone, and not, no. if they're not in the three K, zero chance. You're, you're doing both, definitely. Huh. But like, we're not going to see, yeah, just like Tyler Veerman's not just going for the, the beast. Maybe I will. Maybe BK will be out there. Oh, did you say beast? Chance. Yeah. 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 I was going to say the beast yeah. distance on sand. You almost I got lost this... in the Sahara forever at uh, that time. So not the Sahara. It's uh, it's in the UAE, but it's all right. You're tired. You're, you're just yeah. saying names of deserts right. and that's fine. Yeah. It makes sense. Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Tanzania. There we go. All right, let's talk about this trifecta. I just want to talk about how much butt I'm kicking, and I'm yep. going to continue to kick that butt. What I start, what I stopped doing was preparing for these drafts. So that's where to go. That's that's what that's that's the the my approach. I know. You're stealing now it. I steal it. Now you're taking my old results. I'm taking your pe- previous results. You took the wildcat from me. You weaponized it. <laughs> it's a copycat league. All right. So on the women's end, we had Lindsay Webster taking that W. She ended up winning by 
12 minutes by the end of the thing. Uh, Esther finished second. BK, hit us with that last name. Kortobagiova. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jessica Velasco Ruiz finished in third. On the men's side, we had Gregory Basilico winning by uh, like 90 seconds or so. Ryland Shadegg was in second. And then Ryan Atkins finishing third, rounding out the podium there. Any real surprises here? Is this almost chalk? I think that as much as I liked the format in the past, having like the uh, time trial format, essentially, where you, you have a little bit of a gap between the next runner, I think it robbed us of the women's final that we wanted to see. When Lindsay starts with a three-minute gap, you don't really get that battle that was so close in the super. Like Esther took Lindsay down. Granted, Lindsay had a failure, uh, I think, the balance beam in the super. Um, but that would have been such a compelling race. Instead, you just have a you know non-dramatic... 12 minute difference for first and second. And it really didn't affect the standings because people were so far behind her in third. So that, that kind of was disappointing. You at least had Ryland and Gregory start 10 seconds apart or, or something like that, uh, heading into the beast, but they run such different races that you knew it was going to be a cat and mouse game, um, from the start. And I don't know. I, I think that it would have been cool seeing Atkins and both of the Lucas and some of the other racers who did well in the beast, at least have an opportunity to start together. So Originally, I was a fan of that format where they signed them out separately, but I think it, it robbed us of the close races this time. It does. And yet, as much as I've debated this with myself this weekend after feeling the same way you felt, what I come down to is that that's industry standard. This is just stage racing and it's what it is. And you don't tune into stage racing for a standard race experience on day three, even though in our sport, we are we feel gypped that we didn't get Esther versus Lindsay in a long distance race because they never face each other ever. That's why we're feeling this way. But in normal stage racing, like this is just what it is. We just rarely get them in the same realm and we wanted it. I don't think there's a great answer for it. But when it's 12 minutes, I mean, what does it matter? But you know, Esther was three minutes plus off the line. So, you know, so how, how do you know? nine minutes i know i know she had some failures but then it's like how do you pace accordingly when someone's three minutes ahead like what you think is fast might not be what Lindsay's actually running that's what i've been screaming and i don't yeah. think it's an advantage and it, it, it turned out it didn't really matter because gregory how much yeah. time did did uh, gregory have to start the beast L low teens at most so 10 to 15 seconds i think oh, oh that was it yeah it was, oh, wow. it was pretty close did rylan catch up right away not until that one of the coolest obstacles, in my opinion, was uh, that that's when you saw them both in the same picture, very close. The sandbag carry, drop it, pick up a chain, drop the chain, do the sandbag carry. That was one they kind of kind of a staple came. that they've had, right? Mm -hmm. I like it. It's, it's that's where Heineck uh, smoked woods a couple years ago. Yeah, iconic. Get yeah. that chain. Of the two events this weekend. Which one gave you more FOMO? Which one made you think I would do this sometime in the future? Greece, absolutely. I don't did, know. Did you get any FOMO? Did you get any I would do that, Rich? Or is this just not your your itch to scratch? Realistically, I feel like I would do WTM before yeah. trifecta just because I'm going to be retired no matter what it is. And I'm just going to do something for fun. <laughs> and it would be WTM and not this one. Would you do WTM? Not retired if it were a team competition. 
I don't think so. Maybe for, if it was us, we went down there. Get Kirk to, in there also. Get Kirk in the field. And we just did it for fun. And like we were hanging out and, and seeing the vibe. I, like I'm interested in going and experiencing World's Toughest mm -hmm. all, as like even just to go like to cover it or just to be around it. Um, that's what I'm a little bit more interested in that than than this event in Greece. Okay. You? Bracken, you didn't answer. I don't think I can choose. I think they're both firmly on my to-do nice. list. It's like, I'm I'm on this fence. I'm going to sit here. I don't think I'm going to go either side. I won't. Greece, I would do at the drop of a hat, depending on, it was just like, are you in shape to do it? Uh -huh. You don't want to go out there and just hate day three. But no. world's toughest would take like all of your focus for a year minimum it could be one of like two or three races you run the entire year and we or all just like zero the, focus and just go out and goof around it's one or the other yeah. if i woke up tomorrow in shape to do the trifecta i would sign up for it right then but world's tough is you either have to go for it or you just got to go out and party yeah right and that's what i'm more interested in that especially as a, a competitor I don't know, like a 60 mile party that doesn't Not turn party out. Party. That, that's yeah. Especially if it's going to be warm. Party. If it's like, yeah, coach the DJ out there, just putting out hits. Spinning. Dude can spin it. He's been out at, at high rocks a couple of times now. And it's just like, he's just playing the hits, getting people moving. I'm interested in that. I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards trifecta and just looking at it. It looks like Rocky mountain trails that, that we have out here. So that's, that's at least something I'd be able to train for and, you know, mm -hmm. feel comfortable on. It's not like I'd be going into the rainforest at some other iconic venue and be like, well, well, I have no idea how to, you know, train for this back where I'm at for humidity and everything. So. Shoot or shoot, Jack. Fitness is fitness. Shoot or shoot. It's true. Yeah. You'd be great in a rainforest. I'm sure. I yeah, would. All this, that canopy above you blocks the sun. That's actually good. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Shoot or shoot. Guess I'm going to Costa Rica for for, for FISO next year then. Speaking of, do you see their Arctic race is quietly canceled? It's December in Antarctica or whatever is just not a thing anymore. In Antarctica. They're going to do obstacles down there? I don't know. They did Kilimanjaro and they've... What, they, what would it be? Like the penguin slide and the barbed wire ice roll? Like what, oh, what I could, don't know. Yeah. Got canceled. Didn't, didn't it's see, been it pushed did to quiet. 2024. Mm, so sure. for any of you still planning on it, you got to wait a year. Dang. See that or world's toughest matter. Yeah. So Atkins still gets the podium here. Um, it's been pretty clear that he hasn't in, in fitness like he has been in the past. Beating some pretty good names like a Luca Piscaldarone and uh, Luca Pisani. There's some good Pavel Hodney. There's some good names that he still beat here. And he failed the balance beam, so he had to do a penalty loop with the chain, and that that probably took like a minute fifteen or so. It looked like that's so an that, obstacle we don't need. Balance beam, yeah. See, I think that we don't have anything balance related and like, and we, I'm not the one we saw like when we, when we were preparing for, I, I was going to say, and I'm, I'm, games. I'm not doing Good this thing. solely, solely for, uh, you know, myself. Cause I, I'm not great at balance obstacles. Um, we've uncovered. That, yeah. I, I don't think it would be a bad idea to add something like that. Like the only time I've ever really seen it is they can't like Martin race stadiums, but like having it be a penalty for something that's so anticlimactic and like. Uh, if, if they could make the it mandatory like mandatory completion then then okay but to then have to pick up a chain and do like a big loop and have it like yeah. like be part like ending someone's weekend of triple races like well, I they, don't they seem to have like 
scales for their penalties. Um, I don't know if you saw at the end, uh, Jessica, when she, uh, Velasco Ruiz, when she failed the rig at the end, um, they they had only a few minutes of coverage on the not the top two women because they had such a gap. But she had to do probably like a two minute penalty carrying a chain going under a wall over a wall, you know, a couple times. And like it was it was a pretty long, like a 200 meter thing with that chain. And I think that that was like a penalty fits the crime because that was a five segment rig. And if you fail that, you know, that you could just drop off and, and do a normal mm-hmm. 200 meter penalty loop. That's that's not really punishment fits the crime. So I, I kind of like their penalties there. Jack's a percent of winner guy. I'm a punishment fits the crime guy. So I love hearing him say that. And a five second balance obstacle, you shouldn't be able to lose two minutes. Right. Because it's not a normal test of what Spartan Race tests. So bringing that in doesn't test fitness. And so you shouldn't be punished with fitness. It should just be an inconvenience. Like now you have to get out of the water that we fell into and move over to the side and you're going to lose 15 seconds and now you're cold and wet. Sucks for you. But yeah, punishment's got to fit the crime. I'm with that. What so, do you guys but, think about the carries? Because that was that was something Lindsay talked about. Esther talked about like a lot of the athletes. They were like, wow, these were some carries and, you know, not dropping a weighted implement for eight, nine minutes in a row for the best athletes. And they had that triple stage carry that we talked about with the chain and sandbag. And they had another carry. Yeah. that Like I thought it was it was very well balanced and just it just seemed like a, a super well-designed course overall. Rich, question before mm-hmm. we answer that. I see you've got the yellow lights going on your mic. Yeah. I have have you figured out yet when they're green and when they're yellow? No. And I don't know. And like yours are both of you guys are inverted in terms of I was trying to push this under to see if it would flip and it doesn't seem like it, it we didn't fix this like this, right? Like it came with the position. Like I can't flip I, it. Around. I took it all the way apart to try to put it on my Yeti stand. And so then I put it back together and I put it this way so oh, I could just did. touch the fr- Yeah, I, I don't want to be like fumbling around the yeah, back yeah, I'm, looking at, like I'm looking over the top no i don't strand. know i don't know i'll, I'll t- okay yeah it, it's definitely volume based for you i'm looking at it on the back side and it's going up to five or six dots when i talk and then as i get closer it's it's more oh and then okay it, if you touch it, the volume slash mic it changes color tap it oh because it has the plus minus display on there this is it's like a center but yeah. riveting. We have these great mics. Thank you to our our Patreon members. We just wanted to bring that up again and how crystal clear, awesome we sound. Best actually, running, best running public one ever, right? Quality easily, ones. yeah. Best overall episode, best overall quality, hands down. Only second place to the double threshold episode. We have the top two best episodes now. I check numbers. You are tied with Hunter uh, in terms of guest not guest appearances. Yeah, but anything he can do, you can do snarkier. Nice. I firmly believe that. I think you're right too. Is it toward 10? Five. That's it? I know it feels like more. Feels like more. I'm going to have to double check. I'm gonna check your numbers. Check which check numbers? numbers. That's your, that's your Our game. head and shoulders biggest episode of the year is the only one I'm not on. It's uh, <laughs> really depressing. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, <laughs> taking my we, ball and going home. We should we should try <laughs> that here on, on Race Brain, see if the, the, it's... it's uh, <laughs> It's a trend. Yeah, careful. put Lisa in. Put, put Lisa on this episode. We'll see what happens. See how that careful goes. though. You, you you might learn something you don't want to learn. That's true. Or we do want to learn. Let's let's yeah. keep let's keep it, it let's keep it moving. So another question: Should this should this format? Because we like the format, right? The stage racing format. And again, in a, in an attempt to separate OCR from other sports, 
Should it just should everything just be trifecta weekend? Should all the championships, should all the series be stage racing? No. That that leads so heavily towards the endurance athlete. If if you're adding it based on your total completion time following the beast, it's like what happens if you just pop an amazing race in the sprint and super and then you make it Richard Heineken and suddenly then it's an endurance sport. Then it doesn't need to be all of the things because then it just overlaps. And then it's just like, what? Okay, cool. You're good at a 20 minute OCR event. Like what but then does you're, that you're, even mean? Then then you're turning an 800 runner into a marathoner and they might not have the success. They wouldn't participate. It's they all would the do something now. else. What is the shortest race we have? Not counting 3K. Uh, yeah. What's the shortest sprint? sprint? Yeah. 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, and even that's rare, but let's call it 25. And then what's what's a standard beast now? Hour 40? Yeah, two at the most. Yeah, two for it's one. the same minute. engine. Yeah. You might up. shuffle a little throughout it, but it's not an 800 runner and a marathoner. It's a right. 5K, 10K guy and a 10K half marathon guy. Like, that's actually, really still wins is. all the races anyway. So I, I was, I'm on board with Rich. I think that if we've done away with the big, epic mountain beast world championship... I think a trifecta weekend championship makes more sense. And if you do want to reward the short distance athlete, then you really are going to make Jack cringe, but you do a standard point system. Hell no. First, second, third, fourth, one, two, three, four, all the way up to whatever the last place is. And it's your cum for the weekend. That would reward consistency, but it would also reward having like a big race in one and just okay in the other. It'd be, you don't have to choose that, but I kind of think now that this shows who the best overall athlete in the sport is having to prove it in more than one race. Otherwise you just put someone at altitude in a mountain. It's like, all right, we tested one thing. Just test everyone. And in a race that they're like the, the variables change, like a missed balance beam, for example, right? Like like the the consistency of how well you do in these races will ultimately make you a better athlete throughout the course of a stage race. You know, like there's different things that can go right, go wrong. I don't know. Just talking out loud. Just saying things. You Would that dilute it if you offer this three times a year, four times a year in the US, same in Europe, same in Asia Pacific? Like if you if you had all these number of stage races, would that prevent people from wanting to go to Greece to actually do it? Or do you think that it would just be better for the bottom line? I mean, there's only, there only 14 women participants. I mean, what are we talking about? Like, I think it, it would expand. It. Elite, it would probably drive elite. people to it. Yeah. yeah national, know. regional, Greece is worlds. Maybe you could have participation. Yeah. And you can have regional, like I'm sure there's a lot of age group athletes that were like, damn, I wish West Virginia was a trifecta championship for North America or something. Yeah. Like that, you know? Where they would actually like going over to Greece to do something like that, it just it's a tall order. So giving up more opportunities to do these races, and then it, again, it just separate it just differentiates our sport instead of just like trying to do everything and not really having an identity. It's like let's just double down on something, just pick something. I like the idea of doubling down on being even more niche. Let's do it. I like it. You're selling me, Rich. Like Rich it. is leaning all in on like the ultra side of the sport this time. This episode, oh, he's There's leaning goofy. Let's just be goofy. Let's just be goofy. I know, I know, but you you were saying like world's toughest motor might be the best way to get eyes. And now you're like, let's do, let's format it so that we have a super sprint and beats in the same weekend as like the big, the, the big draw in Spartan. So that's more on the ultra side as well. So I think it's a way to separate, to differentiate the sport, you know, like, yeah, like what Is Brad was saying, it's like 30 minute idea. racing. 
if you had to ask the layman to name one one mountain or trail race in the world, what are your most common answers going to be other than I'm sorry, I don't know one? I was going to say they're going to be Western States, Leadville, Mm -hmm. UTMB. In the US, you might get Pikes Peak. What if you ask them about name the the five most popular Ironman locations or races? You're going to get Ironman Hawaii. Kona immediately. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And and so if you think about what what they all have in common, they're the biggest versions of the sport. They're the longest. They're the most arduous because they're easy to sell. Maybe that is the way the sport needs to go. Trifecta weekend is bigger and longer and more arduous and more epic. We can't sell a 3K. We can't sell a beast in the sand. We used to be able to sell Tahoe, big mountain altitude. I'm not helping myself here at all, but like maybe Rich is onto something. If you look at the schedule, there are so many trifecta weekends. Almost everything has it these these yeah, days. and Because it makes the they, most money. But they go in the opposite order. So they'll do a beast, which honestly I, I feel is different because we're used to running long first and then shortening it and getting more intense later on, which I think is kind of stupid. Usually when you're fatigued, you, you kind of don't want to go deep in the pain cave and in the faster races. But um, normally we'll, they'll do like a beast on Saturday, a super Sunday morning, and then at 11 or 12, they'll offer the sprint again. Mm-hmm. Is that the the way that you would do it? You'd keep this as a two, two race weekend culminating in the sprints or how would you go about it? I think so. And it's just in terms of like travel and accessibility for people like this three day race, who, who like that was the problem with the three K right. People showed up, mm-hmm. no fans, only like people that could take off work. If it's just a Saturday, like people do the, people do the back to back races Saturday, Sunday anyway. Yeah. Just throw a sprint on the back end or even push it later into the day if they need to. Yeah. I would keep it the same. I'm always torn on this because I feel like if you put the beast last, it allows the fast people to be fast early and use their strengths. Mm-hmm. Run the sprint in the morning, run the 10K in the afternoon, first wave, first wave, last wave, and then let the endurance athletes play. Like give the sprint people their sprint when everyone's fresh. Let's find out who's fast. And then when everyone's tired, let's let engine win out. I think that makes the most sense from like a physiological standpoint. But from the race weekend, let's let's have that big beast day one. It really shakes out most of it anyway. And then the sprint's an afterthought. And if you got any left, you go burn it. Like from a structure of... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. I think I would rather have it get done Sunday morning and let people travel than make them race again at eleven or twelve and then yeah. have mm-hmm. to go travel. That's two on Saturday where you haven't had a night of sleep yet. Separating the races, just get two of them done. Yeah. It's you're doing the fifteen k in theory because five k plus ten k on Saturday, and then yeah. you know you're not as beat up heading into Sunday. Of course, you're going to be beat up from two races, but but six to eight hours in between is what I would yeah. put. Yeah, I would make it 8 a true rest. 3, 3 to 4 p.m., I'd say. Another thing that just is interesting for something like this to me is oftentimes when we have these conversations here, we look to other sports, how they do their qualification systems, how they do their point systems, how they do X, Y, Z. Uh, we don't really have that in OCR, right? It's like there's nothing that is separates us because it's like they, we try to do everything. There's different mm-hmm. things and it changes every single year. So if you can just be like, oh, everything is a stage race. It's like, this is how we do it. Then we could really figure out the best way to do it over the course of several years and have sort of a blueprint. It's like, oh, you know what they do over an OCR? They race them all at the, everybody races all the distances and that's how you win whatever, whatever. It could just be a differentiating factor. It might not be 
the best. It might not, but at least it would be ours. Yeah. And I think that if you do the beast first, the short guys can't do what they normally can do. Because they're fatigued from a longer But if you distance. do it, the short stuff first, they can still do their thing. And then the long distance people get rewarded. I, so after listening to all that, I would reverse what the normal trifecta is. Short first, with the grease format, like, like the grease like the I think so. Option. But I, I combine Friday, right. Saturday into one. Yeah. And then it takes the, like the, the longer distance athletes would have some fatigue built up into them. Like if they start with a beast and they put on seven minutes, like it's like <laughs> over. You're not making up seven right. minutes in a sprint. And then like people will see that and think it's stupid, but come the shorter athletes, then, you know, some of these longer athletes fail something on the other things. You'd be able to, you can have a little bit more strategies. Oh. Yeah. A little bit more hope and try to push people out of the comfort zones. What would in you do Greece, about keep staggered. it a, day, a three day if you want. Yeah. Everyone's traveling for a long time anyway, but in between, I think it's so important that it happens on the weekend. I think that's what we keep getting confronted with is that Friday yeah. events don't work for our sport. Nope. Right. Yeah. What What are your thoughts about the staggered start if we were going to implement our format? Do you like everything about Greece with their with their order of events or do you just send everybody off at once on the beast and then you just have to have a good enough margin of victory on your own? I don't like people having to do math after they cross the finish line. Because didn't that I happen in that stadium? That happened with Killian and Isaiah once where like you needed to win by X amount of seconds in order to win the stadium series or something like that. I think for stage racing based on aggregate time, you have to stagger on day three and it just sucks, but that's what it is. But if you do it on points, if it's just first if it cross country sticks, then everyone can start the same and you just run for that stick. Right. But, which would be less fair in terms of the performances put out, but it would definitely balance things out. And you might have dropouts also, like you saw it with Richard Heineck and yeah. Ethan yeah. Brown and a few other athletes who ran both of the first two events and they're like, I'm not doing the beast. And suddenly sixth place might've been ninth place before and you just got three free points. But mm -hmm. I don't know, that's, that's for another time. Any last things on trifecta weekend championships? Gregory, Gregory Basilico, Basilico his, is fast. His first world championship in OCR? Fourth in Abu Dhabi a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, was we he top saw three the, this last year. Yeah, I think he was third. I think yeah. he was leading heading into the beast, and then like he fell off Twister, and it was raining and everything. I'd, I'd have to rewatch the highlights, but I thought that he was in the lead heading into the final day. Shout outs to me for getting for taking one, two, and one. I'm just, I'm just cooking yeah. right now. This is a good sign for this race this weekend. Uh, Elisa Petrova and Richard Hynek for not. Uh, Finishing. Yep. Gregory runs differently. He runs like a runner. Built differently. He runs he looks the like way. A you, yeah, yeah, he runs the way you see people running on TV. He just looks faster than all the rest of us. And then it just cements that Lindsay's just the best. Like what? What over? You give her enough time, and she's just going to end you. Like you, you don't get to make mistakes against her, but she gets to make mistakes against you. Right. <laughs> she's just the best. It almost stinks. It almost stinks how good she is. This is this would be an interesting format for Emma. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like have, have some speed out there. This course isn't crazy, Nicole, especially this past weekend. Bring her it back. It would be great for Nicole. Uh, yeah. Lindsay's and and this isn't this isn't shots at Esther because she beat Lindsay in That's one. Amazing. Of her. She she executed. She was right there a couple of years ago with Nicole. 
she was within 10 seconds starting the beast as well um the issue is that esther screwed something up she was actually winning 25 minutes into the sprint over lindsay so if she didn't fail i think two things in the sprint they could have been right next to each other and not had that three minute gap we could have gone lindsay would have won by 10 minutes i know yeah (laughs) yeah do sandbagging for sure imagine you could just have the ability just to chill in those first two races and just be like everyone else is working way harder than me I, i was watching that and i'm like man i've been cameraman several times this would have been a tough one this <laughs> keeping up with her that's i would have been on the card a few times i do have a question for you speaking on like looking like a runner esther's form obviously we've, mm-hmm. we've mentioned the shuffle i timed it what, what do you think her cadence is and this is on like five or six different points throughout the race and i i did it early on middle and mostly kind of on 195 regular turn like fire road stuff not not technical so just here is her running cadence that she does 192 you said that because i said 195 195 uh i never got her below 206 <laughs> What's in the world? I, got, I got her up to two <laughs> 234 in her sprint finish at the end wow Never before, Str- never stride out length. of the 200. Stride length, not <laughs> one, probably, not, probably less uh, than advantageous. But I, hey, I was like, he's efficient. I was that's like, efficient. maybe that, that's what I got to do in high rocks. I'm just going to do 210 steps a minute and uh, just do that this weekend. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to pull up my uh, my last races. You guys, I want to see what you guys hit. Oh, I'm, I'm probably like 172 to 174. Look, it's going to be lower because you're stopping and stuff during during obstacles for your race my yeah uh that's it i don't know if i have that on like for a rich you're, you have, mine's probably closer to 190 while racing i was gonna say you're above 180 absolutely you, yeah you have my, some of the mine, faster cadence i'm 180 just on like a uh, regular run i went above 200 twice in michigan <laughs> two, two sprint steps. finish yeah start line sprint finish okay. actually three times uh going down a steep hill yeah not too far off <laughs> Imagine doing that for three hours in a row. Shuffling along. It's crazy. Jack, you got, a, you got a uh, spreadsheet for us? Uh, for the draft? For the draft. It's draft time. Mile race I ran this on the roads. Average 184. Okay. That's solid. Peak 202. Yeah. Peak 202. Kiki and I peaked four steps per minute slower than her beast cadence. <laughs> That's wild. How's that even real? Yeah. Uh, that's something else. What the? Oh man, you got the graphic up for the, you the, the draft too. You yeah, you like the new, work, the new format for it? More making, color friendly. We're sitting here making fun of you for being late. You're just doing work, making everything better for us. Thank you, dude. I take back everything I said. Most of the things that I said. Yeah, I wish I could take back yesterday for work, but. You were staying up. You stayed up till four a.m. to put together this brilliant graphic for those watching yeah, on oh yeah. YouTube. Take a look; it's worth it. Yeah. So we Jack, are. Before we get started, I do want to say I thought of Jack this weekend. Oh, just nice. once. Just one. Just one time specifically about this. Oh, I was watching in bed one night the Italian Job, and Seth Green in there. Sitting there with his reddish hair at the laptop, controlling the traffic lights to pull off a heist. And I thought, Jack, if you ever do want to get out of your industry, you take your traffic light knowledge and you bring it to the heist game. 
I I can't even tell you the number of times that Benny and VJ and a few other people have messaged me and been like, I'm sitting at this signal and I'm just, <laughs> I haven't moved for like three minutes. Do something about Help. it. Like I've got phone <laughs> calls from people. I'm like, what, what do you think I'm going to do? I yeah. think you know the inner system and you could get in there and I think you could put this to good use. I could open the control boxes, which most people aren't even aware what they are. Usually there's like a four to five foot tall metal mm-hmm. box somewhere, 30 feet off the side of the road. A lot of people think it's just like a utility thing, um, but that's usually for the traffic signal and then they bury the cables nearby. I could open that thing up and mess some, some intersections up if I wanted to. That's right. Do you think Jack yeah. was like uh, Seth Green and can't hardly wait too? Probably same I character think, in high school. Haven't seen that. Yeah. You got to get on it. That's you. We are about to experience Wait. firsthand. He is like Seth Green in Airborne. And very few people are going to get that reference. Mike Day is going to. But that is a deep, a deep dive because there's a rollerblading reference there. Oh, my <laughs> God. I hope he was wearing knee pads in that. No. <laughs> Oh, Seth Green is wising up. We're about to experience the first High Rocks major of all time. This is the first year that they're doing their four major championship system to help qualify for the world championships. Top three athletes in this race will receive an automatic bid to the world championships as well as an automatic bid to the remaining three majors. So it's a pretty high stakes race here. The Elite 15 field is like we have a general idea of who is in it. So we're going to do our best to guess uh, like who's all going to be there. We have a decent idea just from chatting with people here or there and we're going to draft it. So we have the 15 athletes that will be arriving in Chicago to race on Saturday. Men are around noon central women around 11 or one fifteen ish, one thirty ish sometime after the 1 PM hour. We got the homies Jack Bauer and Bracken Crocker throwing down doubles. We're going to be on site. It's going to be exciting. Let's not short sell yourself. And I'm in there. I'm in that race. Coming in. We at the four, didn't need to roll down to get in, but we're still happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy for myself as well. So we're going to draft for it. We do a draft format where we uh, snake snake format drafting the names. We will, just like we've been doing the past several, whatever. This is great because we know all of the names, more or less. So what are we going to get? We get five each gender? Yeah. Well, you want to do a we'll five? Top, we'll score top seven. Check check this out. Scoring top five. Oh, it just whited out some of the other stuff. So now we've, we know where to pick. I, I'm, I'm lost on that feature, but I'm sure it is just fantastic. It went, it went from 10... It's a top seven. Oh, seven cool. Right yeah. Damn, go. dude. This is next level stuff right here. I'm just assuming if you pick, because there's 16 men, if you pick one of them and they're not there, you get the person who is there instead of them. We could do that. There's like, yeah, sure. it's same, same with the women too. Like if we pick yeah. someone we're just wrong about, uh, you get the other person. Yeah, I think that that's fair. But there should be 15 people at the start line, barring some sort of like illness or injury last second type of stuff. Yeah. And Jack and I are going to be there and we're already loose from the morning. So we're, we'll fill in. Did you oh, guys yeah. see the course? No. Not yet. Did they change it? So previous years in Chicago. They're doing something a, different. It's a, yes, that's a massive a hall, right? Yeah. And you would walk in and right to your left 
would be kind of like the festival area, the warm-up area, and to the right would be the start of the course. This year, that entrance crosses over the course, and the course goes all the way behind the warm-up. So it's one and a half laps. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, that's good. Rock that's zone. Huge. It's going to be a long rock zone, but it's going to be a smooth rock zone. And it's the same kind of way. Like the entrance appears to be where the exit was last year. So you do come in at the top and then you run basically to the bottom. So it's essentially two full laps without the rock with the rock zone in there. Nice. But then most of the things are directly at the bottom outside of the sled pole. So, and that's where like the elite 15 area is going to be. It's just going to be like right at the entrance. That's where they're going to put the bleachers. It looks like, mm, but all the other zones are are pushed to the back of the rock zone. So coming out of the stations is directly to the out. So the warm up area is inside the track. And that's how they are often. Most, yeah. most of the high rocks tracks do, uh, circle the entire they smaller venues. These have smaller venues. And, and we take a bridge, a walkway UTMB style. I don't believe so. How do you get in? Elevation change. You just have to wait for there to be a, a clearing. I was hoping for a bridge. There, <laughs> that potentially, I can't say for sure, but that 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 has posed some issues. Like that was a big thing in Spain. They were like, in Spain, there was so many freaking people that they're mm-hmm. like, the crosswalk, as you could say, is yeah. crowded, and like there will be pedestrians like kind of running out in front of you, for sure. But you guys are early, so you won't have to worry about all that. We are first, I believe. So uh-huh. If you don't think the crowds are showing up to watch us, you are misinformed. Yeah. Bracken That's and I are going to be the first finishers of the day, actually. Yes, sir. We'll see. Shall we do well, wheel of names? The, yes, Rich. Going to take this never, over. Never no reason to uh, do that. Correct. Stop share. I'm just, just grabbing it from you. We see it? Yeah. You ready? And we're spinning. We're spinning. Whoever gets this gets to pick their oh, drafting yeah. position. That looks like it's Bracken uh, Crocker. I haven't thought about how to draft for this at all. No. We got the names this morning. Ish. All right. BK, what, Bracken, do you want? what are you doing? I like that two spot last time. Two spot? Yeah. Two. Ready. This is really unprofessional, but I am going to pee my pants. So I'm checking out while you guys do your wheel thing. Right. I thought he's just gonna sit there and pee. Yeah, uh, that like, is that is fairly unprofessional. Has definitely has happened before. Looks like your boy. Ah, I'm gonna go ahead and take third. I'm in a tough spot. I I, I was thinking that same thing. So, if you want to take a full look at who is available or who will be running this, I mean, we're gonna touch talk about all of the names, but there's a pretty convenient. Uh, tab on the high rock site you can go under the results and it just says major qualification so you can see all the way down to 30 but at this race on the men's side we're not going to see a good amount we'll just cover this we'll talk about this because well well bk is yeah. um, relieving himself we're not seeing the defending world championship champion and world record holder hunter mcintyre we're not seeing the 2021 world championship tobias laudvin uh, we are not going to see Jeffrey Voisson, who was in, who has been elite 15 the past two years. Um, then Florian Gast will not be there, who is 11th. Um, and Tom Hogan, who has been elite 15 qualifier the past two years, will also not be there. We won't see Michael Sandbach, who finished third in this race last year and third at the European Championships as well. And that's really the names that won't be there on 
the men's side, so they will not be drafted on the women's end. If we go back to the men real quick, so there are four confirmed North Americans out of 15. Uh, five, da- I believe. David, with- Dylan, you, and Kent. And Rylan, I think. Oh, Rylan. I didn't put him on the list. Okay, my mistake. I believe Rylan is also here. Yeah, put him instead of... Uh, instead of... um. Do you have 15 on there? Instead of Martin. Uh, 16. Martin, Martin, Martin Harry, off. we're not sure. Okay. Harry's in front of Martin right now. Martin has traveled. Harry's in the UK. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you draft them both, rich? essentially. Yeah, you get... You that, get that's you true. Get or. You get... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rylan is on the list now, so... Rylan is really a wild card here. He is. You can't you can't count him out, even though like it's a, going to be a taller. It's a high rocks trifecta weekend, and international travel back for another high rocks. He's been over there for like two weeks. Like he's, he's not, going like, to put himself into it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Which means he could win it, or he could hasten his blow up. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So he he's going to be very interesting on that end. On the women's side. Uh, I don't believe Miriam Van Roar will be here. I don't believe uh, Chris Chris Roglowski will not be there. This the last race in the Savage Series is this weekend. If you're interested in that, check that out. I do not believe Yane Thompson is going to be here. I don't believe Belle McFarlane, who finished third at the World Championships last year, will be at this race. Is she dealing with something? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard really anything. I just think she took some time off from training. I think that she's just like uh, being intelligent about her training and be like, this doesn't need to be 12 months. And I agree with her. And I agree with her. She has that auto qualifier. So she has the ability to circle one of the races in the spring if she wants. And I believe that's all. That's all I really know. No Jezebel Kramer coming over. I don't believe so, but maybe. But maybe that'll Let's be for drafting. Let's get to drafting. Jack Bauer, you're up. Number one pick. I'm taking the person who I'm sharing a hotel room with the night before, Ryan Kent. I think the man oh, is on. Yeah, the man is I, on fire right now. Spicy. Yeah, didn't he, he won Chicago last year? Right? No. Or, no, David Magida did. He blew up big okay. time two years ago. Then well, I'm getting my ears confused when he beat Hunter. Bottom line, Kent's in crazy good shape right now. I'm I'm definitely supporting him. I'm glad you took him because I've taken him like the past two times. He lays an egg whenever I take him. So I'm happy to not have him on my team. But he's in really good shape right now. Yeah. You did a workout with him recently. He's going to be ready to rock. And he's confident. He's dialed in. I mean, this is like his, I guess like his third ish real year to kind of figure everything out where he's been doing this full time. And, and he, he's really is locked in on, on what's working for him and how to approach the race. And he ran 59 flat solo in Dubai at like 90, 80% fitness. So he's only improved from there. So I like it in this field where who knows on the men's end, this field on the men's end is really wide open. Yep. In a field where you feel like a lot of people have a chance. I think he's the scariest one to deal with. I agree. It's a good pick. Good yeah. pick, Jack. Be careful. what I do. Well, I'm going to take the scariest one on the women's side, which maybe isn't a definitive pick because there's, there's two really scary athletes, but uh-huh. I just, 
it's disrespectful to whichever one I don't take, but I cannot not pick Lauren Weeks. So I'm taking Lauren. I was going to say, if you steal RMR from RMR. Yeah, it's... I would only have to have the, the last R. And and Meg Jacoby has every right to be picked number one overall, but I had to pick some. I had to pick one of those two, and Lauren just has so much championship race experience, and she just always finds a way. I think Meg has a higher ceiling. I truly believe that, but Lauren's floor is so high. We just have very little to go off for either of them in a high rocks this year. So it's who knows who's ready for it, but. Lauren's going to run the same way either way. I'll take her. We saw Lauren run 59-something in Dubai as well uh, against Michaela Norman. Unreal. So, and I mean, you're right. Like, she is the defending world champion. Two-time. Yeah. Two-time world champion. The last two two years she's been at, at full strength. So, passing her up would probably be a mistake. You're wrong to pass up either one of these. Then I'm taking Meg Jacoby. Yep. And I'm happy about it. It's a good third pick. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck this is yeah. like getting Atkins in the second round or, or outside of the top two. It's like Again, whenever I draft Atkins, it doesn't go well. Meg's on crush. In good shape. Her second, her second full season at this, at this time last year, I think she had like one or two races under her belt. She is the world record holder with like a 58-51, I believe is her is her time. Decavit world record holder. Deca Mile world record holder. Oh no, Deca Mile got broken. Um, but she's just a beast, right? And and this is going to be the matchup that we're going to be excited to watch all year. It was so exciting to watch it last year where Lauren got the best of her at European Championships. Meg ran an extra lap. Meg ended up second to Lauren's third at U.S. Championships, and then they finished one-two with I think only like twenty seconds difference at World Championships. So it really is a toss-up. It's a pick'em. It's a pick'em. It is a total pick'em when it comes to what we would do for for the odds odd makers. So it's gonna be really exciting to see these two go at it, and like the way that they run. Like Lauren runs very aggressive out front, and Meg's tried to match that in the past. And I guess we'll just have to see if she can take on that blow this year, or if she's going to. Be a little bit more strategic, kind of let her go and, and kind of run when we saw Michaela Norman beat them both at North American Championships last year. Like, what's the best way to kind of go about racing, racing against someone so aggressive up front? My second pick. I'm going to take Alec, Alex Ronkovich. Ooh, got the European Kent and the North American Kent. Sure do. Both off the board. I've, I've got the North American one. I mean, we have them off the board. They've both been picked. That's one did, when you New look York. at what Alex has done in the last, in all of his High Rocks years, he's always been, every world championship he's been a part of, he's been on the podium. I think, I don't think he's, yeah, he finished third that year Kent got second. The only time he didn't finish on the podium was that silly uh, Elite 12 that they did, where it was like six men, six women. They and invited most of Adam Clink and Yeah, most of them were influencers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they just didn't invite Alex, who happened, who was on the podium the year before. The year before. The year after. They were just like, nah, this guy, we don't need him. But extremely consistent. He has the third fastest high rocks time of all, third fastest athlete of all time behind Hunter and Tim. So he's just, he just knows how to do it, man. It's going to be interesting. He didn't fare very well last year coming over from Europe, but we'll see this year. But he was leading. I don't think he was ever leading. It was Sandy 
And then all the Euros got whacked by the sleds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alex, Alex, Alex was back in like eighth and yep, rallied to get, I think, fourth. I was incorrect. Now your pick. Ooh. Big all right, so easier. I, <laughs> I would have taken this man without second guessing a single thing until I looked at his Instagram this morning mm. and he was vomiting. So I don't, I don't know what it's going to do other than make him rest this week. And maybe that's all he needs. So Could give me Dylan Scott, fully dehydrated and fully rested. He showed himself uh, vomiting? That showed it, but he said his, his little his kid story. was puking and now he's puking. He woke up puking this morning. I think he's it just sick. Weird I, gave, post. I gave him such a beat down in fantasy football this past week, but Woo. different story. And yet the champ reigns supreme. We got a sh- we got a terrible showdown between me and you, BK, this week. Two but bo- like, yeah, we both have big time buys. In- half so half of my team was on by this week against Jeff, and the second half is against you this week. Yeah, I had the second most points this week and got and lost. So. I had the second least points in one. In one, yeah. Got to right, win exactly. ugly if you're the champ. You're pulling a Jeff. All right, uh, but I, Dylan, just real quick on Dylan. I mean, he's as yeah, good yeah. as he's ever been. I yeah. think at, the, at this moment, we had a real big letdown at Worlds last year. Not indicative of of like his lifestyle or anything like that. I think it was just like factors traveling. May have been sick then as well. So he ran fifty eight something. 58, 40 something in Sweden. So I think he is a really solid pick for this top three spot. He's the example of someone who's only going to be better after disappointment. The fact that he's even talking about tapering and thinking about how he needs to come into race week. That's growth. That's not what he was doing last year. He has Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, half of Saturday to feel good. I, I mean, this this could be forced fine. taper might be really good. It could be fine. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like unless it's something that he re- remains sick. But usually stuff like yeah. this is like a twenty four hour bug. Yeah, it's not ideal. No, I don't think it's in the world. I don't think it's in the world. Nope. I I think he was the in, in terms of highest podium odds. If he wasn't sick, he was probably right up there with uh with Alex right there. Um. Okay. My picks. I am going with the woman who I think is on fire this year. Vivian Tefuto. Nice. Just just set the uh, a mile record not too long ago, and she's just been having a really stellar season. What she was fourth at Worlds, I believe, last year for High Rocks, fourth or fifth. Yes. Um, always gets overlooked. Somehow, you know, isn't really talked about with the likes of Meg or Lauren, and and I get it. She's you know just behind them historically, but I think she's ready to make that next step up. So I think she she will end up on the podium this week. Um. Oh man, now I've got back to back picks and I don't pick for six more. This is tough. Pick two. I'll do two. Yeah. Uh as dumb as it sounds. No, I'm <laughs> take them. No, I'm I'm going Camilla Massa. Oh wow. I think it's it's probably earlier than you two would have picked, but same deal. She's just been on fire this season. She's the only one who's broken into the top 15 with a new time this year. Granted, some athletes haven't raced yet but that means something considering we've seen a lot of athletes try and haven't haven't put up the numbers yet and i just think she's really confident and fit right now you've you've trained with her rich what what do you think i i was hoping that she would be there for for my pick i was almost had her written down Mm. 
She, her, her commitment is at a different level than most athletes that I've come across there. Her and Luca, the way they approach the training, it's super well thought out. Uh, they do the, all of the little things and all of the big things. Uh, and Camilla is just seeing exponential improvement as an athlete because she's new to this still. You know, she was uh, not an endurance athlete. She was not an athlete really at all. She's a mom of three and has found this new life as an athlete in the past three or four years. And she has the fastest time this season. So, and she's like top three ranked in DECA. And those were an event that was like, I didn't see her doing necessarily that well in. So her speed is getting better. Her and she was like better. leading DECA also like with some yeah. big names there. She, she. Beat Meg. Probably, yeah, she beat Meg. She probably would have beat Vivian, but she ran past the assault bike and had to run yeah. back to it. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really good pick. So, I agree with all that, and I'm going to take the person I thought he was going to take, Alondra. Another mystery. Like, I, I probably would have taken our next round. Um, We just haven't seen her as peak Alondra since... She kind of had that snafu at World Championships, right? There was some slight and I think issue. that was going to be Picalandra. And I think it had to have just eaten at her. And we're just going to see her finally unleash for the first time and get that taste out of her mouth. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I think she's going to do here. And so I think that she is the third place finisher this weekend. Can't rule it out. I mean, she's a fearless competitor. She puts it out there. She has a tremendous energy. She's super strong. And last year at this race, she almost ran, she did run down Lauren Weeks and Lauren just rallied at the end. If you come in to wall balls with Lauren or Meg or, or, or Michaela, really, you have to be unbroken. And, uh, she just wasn't. So she finished at a very close fourth place at this race last year. Mm -hmm. Do you guys know something about Michaela that, that I don't know? I think we're all gun shy that she's not recovered. Yeah. I think she's coming. I haven't seen a, a definitive thing that she's coming. Like the the list I'm going off of is I'm I'm not getting high nicked. I'm going America. I mean, she ran a, a sixty something, sixty flat in in Dubai. In Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's not. It's, it's the not right like call. her fitness. The, the the thing I'm going off like in the the sheet that I was sent to fill out my information. There's a, a section for footwear sizes. And I think that's a new section from the previous list that they had last year. So basically anybody that had a footwear size in here, I assumed was coming. And hopefully we get some shoes, BK. I should put in your shoe size. What are you like a nine? 13. <laughs> right um, in between there. Right, Not right between in between. 10.5. 10 and a half. 10 and a half. I thought it was 10, 10 flat. Um, I'm a 10 and a quarter, like as the crow flies. <laughs> so I, I looked at I want, you're I look, 10 and a half how I'm six foot yeah I looked at uh, Michaela and she said she's doing reps with her Spartan Ram saying prepping for DECA, uh, DECA Spain in Tenerife on November 18th so next weekend so no info on Chicago necessarily doesn't mean she it, won't be there I thought at a point she said that she was going to go to all the majors yeah so did Hunter he says a lot of things that's my point. No, he never said all the majors, but he's changed his <laughs> list a few times. I got to take her. Give me Michaela Norman. Michaela Norman here. I mean, if it hits, it hits. If she shows up, she's not getting sixth. I know. <laughs> and even if she does, I, I get that value. That's right. She could end up on the podium. She could win it. 
like we don't know she she could not show up it's i just wanted people who i know are going to be there she was one minute behind lauren in the only sample size for either of them this year and if she finishes one minute behind her here that's a she's gonna be third she's gonna be on the podium yeah (laughs) right and now i'm looking at all like the women's feels all everybody's the top five is pretty much accounted for i'm looking at these dudes bottom and left i'm looking at these dudes and i'm like oh man give me rich ryan with this pick oh look at that let's hear about him i'm just like if i like it i don't want to be passing these guys and hurting my fantasy team you know toward the ends it's not something i want to do that's not something I want to do. You're gonna be playing Pac-Man with no regrets. Yeah, I don't, this is this is just win-win scenario for me here. So remember, realistically, I mean, these guys on here, there are some really good names that, uh, but a lot of them I haven't really competed against, so I don't have a a true grasp. There's probably one name on here that I should have taken now that I'm looking at, at, at in in retrospect, but it's we just haven't seen like anybody race. You know, we've seen Jonathan win. We've seen James Kelly race. And those are guys who I feel like I'm in the same ballpark as. So for me, I got to take me, bro. Yeah. Got to. You back you. But Descri- I, What was the call when you when you found out you, you were getting selected for the Elite 15? I was emailing them again. It's like, hey, you know, it's less than it's about a, it's less than a week away. It's about a week away. What, what what's going on? She said, you're in. I said. I'm in. I just put my hands up and said, let's go to work. Let's go to work. So, yeah, I, but the way I'm going to have to race is going to have to be the Dylan Scott approach, the David Megiddo approach. If I go out and try to bang at those sleds, my sleds are definitely going to be better, mm-hmm. but it's not bulletproof. I can't be out there pushing a 230. It, I could, but it's still going to, it's still going to tax me uh, pretty heavily. So having my legs, being able to run up through the pack is is going to be my route for sure. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. I like the look. I like it. All right. In this, based off of who we've seen this year, I should take Rylan. But if there was ever a reason for someone to blow up in the race, it would be that they just completed a trifecta weekend and did overseas travel and went out aggressive. And so I believe he can win this race. I believe he should and could podium this race. But I also believe that it could just catch up on lunges. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people closing on lunges. And so give me David Magida. Magida. We've seen what he can do. And he's starting to do it more frequently. He's really big right now. He's getting his running back. I think that's when he's at his most dangerous. He knows how to run this race, yeah. you know, like uh, a U.S. course, like the U.S. sled style. Mm-hmm. He's shown patience and Long his ability to be high end. We're not exactly sure what his high end running is right now, but even his floor as a runner is very high. So yeah. I like it. Defending North American champ going as a fifth pick or something like that. So yeah. good value. Only Jack's U.S. qualifiers here. Yeah. I, two. I've got a lot of good picks left. No, I'm saying you uh, get to make two good picks right here. Yeah, yeah. I won't screw it up. Um, 
I believe in Rylan. I'm picking him. Nice. He's getting I, I like, to the point where someone had to. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I'm not going to get him back in six picks from now. And what he did in Trifecta World Championship, we saw him do well in Valencia as well beforehand. He beat some of the people on this list. It's like, the guy's a freak at the moment. Who knows when, you know, he'll he'll really need to take an extended break due to injury. But right now, he's riding that fitness, and I, I feel confident picking Ryland here. Can't, can't rule him out. <laughs> it's just like, you could be... Coming off a of world's toughest mutter, and you still gotta be like, I don't know, man. He's still, he's he's, he's got something special. He's got a so, puncher's chance. And he, the last time Jack called someone a freak on here, she won world's toughest. So <laughs> trends hold. She texted me. She texted me after that and loved your reaction. So <laughs> BK <laughs> drops some drops some, some dimes in there for paying attention. Are we gonna draft? Let's draft. Uh, are we gonna draft everybody? You want to yeah. score seven? Let's let's do it. I I think seven's the way to go. We'll yeah, just sweep the wild. You just want to flex your uh, your sweet spreadsheet. This whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, snap. Look at that. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Share with friends. Yeah. You like that shading when everybody gets picked that automatically fills in their gender this and stuff? Not, makes it easier like, on me. Who said yeah. you're not artsy? You know, you yeah, see everything exactly. in, as, as as binary. Look, I'm this so, is creativity I'm, out here. I'm so artsy that I, I grayed out Kurt gray right out there. Kurt. He's, not, he's yeah. like part of the crew, but not really. So, we probably could know, just, just crop him out of that, huh? Uh, I don't even I need could. to... Don't I could. I will get him tattooed on my back if that's the case. And then I'll keep a mirror. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like the, the, the Steve-O tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to do some uh some crop in then just to get that tattoo. All right. Uh next pick. I'm going with the guy who has the second fastest time ever. And he just did a marathon relay. And I think their group ran like two flat and four seconds. Just missed breaking two hours. Uh Tim Vanish. Well, there is a useful stat yeah how it many is. people in the relay four yeah was it 26 people yeah no it was, it was four it, it it was just a funny thing because uh, i i saw it in a in a group chat it was like oh look uh you know setting another record really? or something like that yeah he was part of a group that all ran like 30 something for six miles each yeah no no impossible it's not Think I, of the runners you know that can't run 431 pace. They or can't run six. They can't run five flat. for two miles. No, Unless it was. He, a he mile was trading off on 400, so he got like six minutes break in between. Oh, there. I thought it was four by no. six miles. I think they were just, they were just doing it on a no, track, right? So they were right running four thirty eight hundred four hundred. It's like okay, that's fine. Yeah, I believe Munich, that. Munich relay run, and this is you know I didn't they, know they were running four hundred on. Yeah. Uh, one to three rest ratio. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Now, All right. So this stat means way more to me now. Florian Gas <laughs> still was also mean part much. of the group. So it still yeah. means very little. I know. Well, I, can we redraft then? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the determining factor right there. Yeah. Well, that's really the athlete I should have taken instead of myself on that last one. But if you hey. can go six by 400 in 68, <laughs> six by three minutes rest, it's like yeah, 11 by four. And then repeat that three more times. It's only eleven by four hundred. No, it's more than that. I, I was I was getting my math wrong. So it's really like forty by four hundred because it's about forty kilometers. No, wait, my math is so wrong. I I'm, I got no sleep last night. He's got no sleep. Get your time calculator. Six miles each. Okay, twenty four so quarters each. It's about twenty six. So yeah, you're right, Bracken. Twenty six. At running sixty eights with. That much rest, five three minutes, minutes break, yeah, three to five minute rest. Five minute we break. we could all do this right now. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that's really not great. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's not I great. Know, I know. 
I know. Not that is like, oh, it's not great as in it's bad. We're talking it's about not, it, it's not great as talking it's about like it's good. not as impressive as I thought it was. But I, I saw the post. I'm like, I got to mention it when I, if Tim actually gets picked by me. So there you we go. Have These, this is why people tune in right here. This, this is sort of deep dive stuff. We know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, we haven't seen Tim yet this year. Uh, when Tim's at his best, like Jack said, second fastest athlete of all time with like a 56 0. Uh, he's, he's tremendous. As a, as an athlete, he's really good on the machines. Good runner, obviously. You can run twenty four by four hundred at sixty eight seconds with six minutes rest. But we haven't seen him this year. He had to pull out of the World Championships last year due to an injury, and not exactly sure what his fitness was. Granted, that was six months ago. So if you give him three months to recover, three months to train, he should be in pretty good shape. Had a hard go at Chicago last year, similar to what we saw with Ronkovic, where um, things just kind of went backwards after the sleds. But he has that year of experience now. He know he has an idea of what it's going to feel like. It's just a matter of how much these European athletes are really going to consider this based on what they learn, or if they just like, hey, it's just a one-off thing, which sometimes in high rocks it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's no guarantee that these sleds are going to feel heavy this year the way they did last year. I just saw her like uh, Michaela Norman or him like Michaela Norman. It's like too good to leave in round five at this point. And like I said, I should have taken him. Yeah. yeah. I should have taken him two dudes ago. Yep. It, 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 we, he's to the point where we don't, we're not shocked by anything. Like we've seen him fall apart. And so if he takes seventh, we're going to be like, yeah, he just had a tough go. But if he wins it, we're going to say, yeah, he's the fastest guy here. Yeah. Of course <laughs> right, you won. Right. So it wouldn't be a surprise. No, it, would it wouldn't be a surprise, be a surprise if he wins it. All right. Bragging. All right. Uh, give me JK. Dang. I just James said it in my Kelly. brain. I was like, I'm taking James Kelly here. I thought you would. You and I both have some intel on him since you've talked with him recently and I've talked with him recently. And I think we both are thinking the same thing that he's about to pop off. He could very well. He could very well pop off. Super. I'm, I'm not going to spill personal conversations, but the gist of it was that he was not peaked for what he did recently. And he's been 59 and changed two races so far this year and had a doubles attempt. Not that much faster than BK and me, but... A win's a win. Rich Ryan said it. But he's ready. Yeah. He's ready. I mean, he's, this is his second year going into this. So it's a, another full year to kind of wrap your head around the training and how to approach it and how to approach the racing. Beat Ricky Garrard's butt. Third, mm. third fittest man on earth. Athlete in the hybrid pole. Yeah. Yeah. He's just probably some. top two fittest in his city, just like Nick Riker. And that means something. That's <laughs> <laughs> IG worthy. He's an interesting guy because he's new to all of this. He's not a, he's not, he's not like, he doesn't have Rich's running background or Hunter's fitness background to that level, but he's a really cerebral guy. And he thinks mm -hmm. about, you talk about, you know, Luca and Camilla trying not to leave any stone unturned. He's kind of the same way. He, he may do it a little atypically than a lot of different people, but he has a system and it's well thought out. And those kind of people really have a chance to boom on race day when they've, when they've tried to focus on everything. You know he hasn't. He's not going to get surprised by the course. No. No. And it, it, the, the question on, on JK is he's never run on uh, U.S. soil. Yeah. Right. So he's never had a chance to really kind of feel this. He's run a couple of UK races, which are similar, but I think UK co courses honestly are slower because the venues are so small that like the run courses are always 
less than advantageous for, for these athletes. And the sled seems to run a little bit slower, but uh, again, it could just be because of the venue size, like the carpets are wet or whatever happens <laughs> because <laughs> of that. But, uh, we don't, you, you can't tell, we don't know. And it's international travel for him, but he traveled a bunch last year and really yeah, didn't have a problem. Yeah, he did well. Back to back, Rich. I'm up. I'm going to take Linda Meyer here. Are you guys seeing my team? This is crazy. Linda Meyer was former world record holder. She set the world record twice last year, breaking Lauren Weeks' record and then breaking her own record. And then Meg uh, subsequently broke that. And then Michaela broke that. I have all the world record holders, guys. You do. The past three world record holders, is, they're on my team. So I think to be rich making a number four, right? Yeah. Linda had it. Broke Lauren's. Meg oh, broke yeah. Michaela, Meg broke Linda's. Michaela broke Meg's. Meg broke Michaela's. So Lauren's about to set the world record as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, Lauren did everything she possibly could last year except have that world record. So, yeah, Linda, we, she seemed to have had some kind of injury later in the year last year, and it set her back. Uh, she was really poised to have her best year yet, even though she did finish second at Las Vegas in 2022. So, I mean, she has experience. It has high level fitness. We haven't seen her race this year. So again, it's it's a question very much similar to to Tim. She's the the kind of the female version of Tim Vinus right now. We don't know. We don't know exactly where she is in her training, but she has the experience and the high end ability to to pop off. Mm-hmm. And she's contrary to common belief, it is Linda Meyer, not Linda Blair. It is not Linda no. Blair. The, the female lead in the original Exorcist. As a low point of my commentary career. And like that happened a lot. That wasn't yeah, that just was, a one-off. That was frequent. Over and over. Like there, I felt like I was having a stroke. <laughs> I, I had no clue what was going on. I was like quaaludes. You were in fact possessed. Something happened. Oh yeah. We're, far, we're not far off of Halloween. Now give me Graham Holiday. Graham Holiday. Well, you made my decision slightly easier because there are several gentlemen that are kind of on that same tier. And Graham's Graham's got the credentials. Finished fifth last year. I mean, he he's been disrespected so far in where he's been taken. I mean, what what number yeah. of guy was it? Is this, is this, he's like the ninth guy off the list and he finished fifth at the Worlds last year? Mm-hmm. He's only had like one race over 60 minutes ever, right? I, th- I thought he'd like just jumped into the 58 right away. No, no, he he actually had a big ascension from the previous year. He was like a sixty nine guy, and then took a ton of time off oh, between okay. twenty two and twenty three. Okay, I thought I thought last year like he just came out and it's like wow, where did that come from? Or he's like this next superstar and just kind of figured it out. He's he's a very big dude, very muscular, very strong. So U.S. sleds could be an advantage for him if he if he approaches them correctly again haven't seen him in the united states so we don't know and he doesn't know so that's that's uh the one thing going against him not an extremely fast runner uh which is just worth noting but it hasn't really affected his results yet finishing again fifth in the world fifth in the world so yeah i like him this is, is, is keeps keeps improving so let's see it we're at the point in the draft now where there's all really strong athletes who are trying to guess how their skill sets match up to this course. Like, like you said, he's a big, strong dude. He would be considered like a power puncher. Mm-hmm. But power punchers don't always like getting punched. They always don't handle it well. We don't know with him. We haven't seen him get on a heavy sled next to other people who are going to attack a heavy sled. Sometimes when you're the mm-hmm. biggest guy in the room and someone else is doing something impressive and looks big, it's like, oh, I don't feel so big anymore. 
Or sometimes you find out you are the biggest guy in the room and you put everyone down. Like look into some of the other guys like who I might pick next, Palayo. He's a closer. He rolls the second half of these races, but you also have Magida who's going to do it and Rich who's going to do it. And you have Dylan who's going to do it. Except when you are the closer, are you the closer when other people are closing? We're at that point uh-huh. where we're trying to match skill sets up and it's really hard to decide who's going to do well. But Graham, I think, has the skill set of the people remaining to do the best. And I think to do better than a lot of people taken ahead of them. For sure. For sure. Like I said, like we said, our, our US bias is obviously shining through on this draft as they're all off the board. But the athletes who are uh, running have PRs faster and have placed better at the Worlds are uh, have not gone yet. So that's how we roll, though. Yeah. yeah. At this at this point, we're basically saying, like, if you're going to run 58 minutes, are you going to run 58 and a half or 58, 10 or 58, 50? Like, we're just, you know, pulling at straws at this point. Graham had the third fastest sled push in Manchester last year. So we can push that sled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's going to do very well. Behind Hunter Rocky. and maybe you're wrong. Behind, Al- uh, behind Hunter and Alex. Yeah. But not American. I have a soft sense. spot for Palio. I really do. But there are four other people like him in this race. We don't know if he's going to be in this either. Yeah. Don't entirely know. So I'm taking Eugenio Bianchi. Damn. Bianchi. I, we haven't seen as much of him as some of these other guys, but I've liked what I've seen. And he, I always get on to commentators who keep saying, oh, they're just, they're so comfortable out there. Look how, look how comfortable they look. We have no clue, but he looked comfortable doing it. (laughs) We can only read into what we've seen and he didn't appear to ever be on the verge of cracking. He looked like a guy who's out there just doing his own thing, which is what you have to do in high rocks. So I like him. Plus he's bald. Wears a backwards hat. Represent for the squad. Look at my CR guy. He's yeah, going to go out just here. like Ryland. That's my main concern with Eugenio here is that he's yeah. never raced in the United States. He hasn't been punched like, yet. He might get whacked by the sled because he can push these uh, the European sleds. He's done it in like 230, 220s, yeah. 240s. Uh, if he tries to do that, I don't know how well it would go. But again, these sleds might not be the same. We haven't even had a uh, U.S. race this season, so we have no idea if they've adjusted anything. Right. Like they might have, and these sleds might move amazingly aggressive. You know, it's, I've said this before, but the last thing you want to come into a high rocks is, is having done a race that made it feel easy. And I don't know how easy his last one felt, but it looked it. And this is not going to be easy for whoever wins it. It just won't be. There isn't a hunter in this field who can go out and end the race and not have to empty his tank. This is going to get really bad. And we haven't seen him in that dog fight yet. We've seen him in OCR dog fights, and he does very well in those. So I'm hoping that translates. Also, skilled on wheels, like Seth Green's character in, what was that movie? Airborne. Airbud. Airbud. <laughs> all right. Yeah, for, former uh, roller skiing world champion. Um, all right, back-to-back picks. I'm going to go with, Rebecca Mason, she's broken 64 before in the past year. Um, I saw she's committed to traveling, posted about her race week taper. She, I, I think that she's a solid pick at this point. I like it. Yeah, her PR is 63.57, which was at Barcelona. Yep. And how did she do at the Worlds last year? 
she was in the elite 15. She definitely was. And I, I think she was like the age group champion before that. And then, you know, just kept improving and improving. And now she's kind of in the elite 15. Um, I'd have to look up the details though. Yeah. She finished six last year. She finished in front of Chris. This is a good pick with this value yep. at, the, at this point. Yep. Um, and then the other athlete I'm picking, I think he's just too good to still be on the board. Jonathan Wynn. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's the matchup we want too. Yeah. I was hoping Rich would draft him. I probably should have. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I could have I mean, taken him where I took me, and it's and it's a it's a realistic. I mean, dude finished sixth at World Championships last year and ran an extra lap, like yeah. when it mattered, like before lunges or something. Like he would have been fourth for sure, and or I'm sorry, fifth for sure, and like still kind of didn't get caught by really anybody after running an extra lap. Yep. Yeah, so just he's too, too too good at this point to still be on the board. Is and this the fastest time of the year behind Ryland? Gave me that work in Madrid. Yeah, Madrid. Um, and just making sure, I know that we have the majors. We're not doing keepers for Chicago, right? For Stockholm. I don't see any reason to. Okay. Yeah, nah. I could change. Okay, just making sure. I lump him in with the James Kellys of the world and the Dylan Scotts. We're like, this is just what they do. Yeah. They are in on this. This mm-hmm. this this dominates their their thought process. And that's... That's a hard thing to contend with. Yeah, he's all in. He, he's shown a tremendous amount of improvement and competitive guy. I think he will. I think he'll do well. And that's what I mean. Like when I made the pick several rounds ago, it's like it's a crapshoot. It really is a crapshoot for that. Honestly, that third spot, like the top two, you could cons- might think that Alex and, and Kent would be the favorites in, in that. But after that, it's like phew, everybody's vying for that third spot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Marcus Wallace from the slow heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone's out here about to get Wallace. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. I'm going to go with Tara Jackson. Oh, I was like, I'll let you do it. I'm just a Tara Jackson fan. I'm just going to endlessly pick her for my high rocks drafts. She peaks well. She's just so good at everything. And I think it's going to have, I don't think she's put together a high rocks that is anywhere near indicative of her ceiling. But she's going to at some point, and I'm going to be here with her on my team when she does. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good that's a good pick that lasted long enough. I mean, but the the thing is with like you said, like we just need to see it. You know, mm-hmm. like she has some some pretty good times, but in these championship races, it seems like she's kind of stuck in this like seven to ten spot. We haven't seen her quite break through the way that we we would hope, but she seems to be in really good fitness right now. Yeah. New 5K PR. Yeah, under 18, right? She was, yeah. I think she was like 1740 or something, which is yeah, faster than I thought. 38, yeah. Could be wrong on that number, but I'm just Team Jackson. Keep me on it. Yeah. Just draft her every time until I can't anymore. Yeah. It's impressive to PR, if, uh, uh, being a collegiate runner and then PRing in a 5K, like well after <laughs> yeah. you've been out of college. It's pretty good. Back to back, Rich. I'm up. I'm going to take Viola here. Yeah, Viola Oberlander. That. that is another great pick by me. I mean, if she finished second in that race behind Lauren when it was that elite 12 weird situation on the assault runners mm-hmm. and had the lead almost the full way through. She would have, I, 
she was the favorite the year Chris won the world championships. Yeah. Ran an extra lap, didn't really show up for that race, but has the pedigree to really be in, in any, in any race to, to fill out the, the top five. So I wouldn't be surprised if she ended up there as well. And she's, and she's traveled a couple of times so far. And then me again. Yeah. Yep. Grab Palio here. I'm taking the Spanish Rich Ryan. Oh, Alphonse De Ruiz. You got like double it. rich. That's my main dude right there. Alphonse. About to happen. He's run some pretty good times this year. Last year, he came over to Chicago and did not show very well. So he has some international experience. He's un- he's going to understand what these sleds are are going to be about, how this race is going to feel. But he was kind of one of those athletes that kind of fell way off the back. Another year under his belt, unbeatable in Decafit. Let's see if it translates over to this. And it's going to be a runner's course if it's these two laps. And he is more on the runner side than a lot of these other athletes are. He wears a tri suit when he races. Huh. That's kind of cool, I guess. So he, he's in on the endurance stuff. And I and and he that's just my guy. I got him. I love it. Then I'm taking the kind of tri-suit purple topped rich ryan as well playo menendez you've mentioned him like 11 times a day yeah, yeah. He, he, he may or may not get in most likely viola, not i thought it was gonna go viola and playo for you and then i was gonna take alphonse just I to did, spite you alphonse is going to be there playo he, he lives in chicago though i thought he does but he's he, he, it's the, the roll down he's the 30th male and yeah. i was i was 23rd i think there, there's one person that we don't know Underneath, as far as I know right now, Palaio is not in. But he's on the list, and if he doesn't show up, I get whoever that other person. You get is. the other person, right? <laughs> but he's just so fun to watch run that it gives me even more reason to cheer for him. So fast, he's really I, solid. He's really consistent, and he's what I love about him is he took the title from Dylan for guy you wouldn't pick during warmups to a winner race. Uh, yeah, yeah. He just doesn't have the structure of the typical high rocks athlete. And he's a, just, he's a dog out there. I love it. So you mentioned earlier that he's like a, a closer. He's actually really not. He hasn't quite put together the back half of these races, yet, but he can push and pull like where he, he's like getting better, like one station at one a time. One race at a time. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. He can make it the first time he made it to a sled pull and then that knocked him out. The next time he made it a little bit further, like, and like now he's, he's made a running closer. Oh yeah. He can run. He can yeah. run. His stations still need a little bit of work on the closing end when it comes to lunges or wall balls, but everything else, like he, he, he runs tremendously fast. He's a sub 10 Ironman. I think. Right. That's like Jesse Bruce. Yeah. Jesse so. Bruce is sub 10. Uh, he was right around 10 flatty. I thought he was in right around 10 flat. And that's really good, right? matter. I know. That's, yeah, that's very good. Like, if you're an age group athlete trying to be someone, you got to break 10. Yeah. All right, Jack, what do you got? You got two? All right, we've talked about how this is potentially going to be a runner's course, and Kate Davey went like 31-0 for her 8K splits, so... I feel like if it is in fact a runner's course, that's going to help her. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. She's raced a couple times this year as well, so she'll be 
a little bit more familiar with the uh, demands for sure. Yep. Yep. And then last pick, uh, I think it's just going to be easy coming down from Canada, Maria Fesic. Mm, good pick. Good pick. What was her it, role that she she only had a couple to go? She was like low high teens or so. So like again, we're not, four. we think we think she's coming. We would imagine if she got that role down, she would be yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, she went to she was the same race in Spain that I was at. So she obviously cares about this. Yeah. And we haven't seen her in like a championship race yet. So she could be a real oh, gamer. 30 minutes ago, Hybrid Fitness Media posted the athletes who are here. And what do we got? We got we got the guys correct. No, there is no Paleo. Mm. Is it Harry? So you'll get Ruben Patino Vietes. Oh, Ruben's coming over? Yeah. Nah. I'm going to swap him out for someone else then. Paleo? Yeah, the draft's not over. I can repick Whoa. that. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it at the end. Uh, I The rules are I would have to take Ruben. All right. All right. Nice. That makes me the last seed. That's what I like. Oh, and somewhere Dave Claxton is applauding the, the Maria pick. Is there a women's race? Is there a women's um, race? Looking at that right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, elite women. There, there's not a 15th oh, 15 yet. It's TBA. So someone's going to get that TBA. Okay. Last uh, year, they didn't even fill the field because they're stupid. But yeah. uh, so we've got who's left, Alina. But I was, I was mostly on point. Yeah. Alina, Zara, Daniela. All three of the women are correct at this point. Nice. All right. I'm taking yeah. Zara. That's your last name. Piergiani. Nice. Piergiani, is that how you say that? Probably. I said it. That's how you say it. I don't know how you say it. That's how I said it. I mean, what I've learned is that the listeners in Europe really love our pronunciations, and I often get voice messages of how to pronounce names correctly. So it's... Thanks for listening over there. Let's keep it going, yeah. I think as long as we don't claim to actually know, it's okay. But when we speak with authority on things we have no clue, then you get yourself in trouble. Then we're in trouble. That should just be everything. Because I mean, we don't have a clue about a lot of stuff. Most things. <laughs> Most yeah. things. We might have brain in the title. That doesn't I've mean we're smart. I've got shoes. I've got shoes. Mm-hmm. And and hydration and, and hydration vests. Hydration vests. Waist packs. Waist packs. BK knows that. All right, give me Elena Vilnau. I think this is value. Elena yep. Vilnau be off the board. Mm-hmm. How, how about that hbd yeah so she keeps getting better and better uh, i think she only ran one race this year and she finished in front of zara she finished in front of maria um and in front of, in front of kate davy in that last race so nice pick me again i'm just laying it down just jack bowered us i'm just laying pick it. someone and then said why specifically it's a better pick than the picks we just picked in that's order that's what i do that's probably a bad sign that i did that huh no, no, Rich, you're you're confident on your team this this time. So yeah, we'll but like, this is his space. This is his world. Yeah. This is my world. And they're gonna be Bo Wills. All right, he is on the list. I want Peter yeah. Schiller. All right, that's who you get then. Yes. Nice. I like that. I'm last. I like that. I'm last. Ruben's a good. Ruben would be a. He's a good pick too. You'd be fine with Ruben. Yeah, I don't see Harry Thompson on this list. He won't. He won't be. Um. So you have to take Daniela, right? No, I've got your five full. women. Who Who are we missing on the men's? All right, I'll read it out. You You look at the two men's columns. 
uh, Alex, Kent, Nagita, Tim, Jonathan, Graham, Rylan, Peter, James Kelly, Bo, Dylan, Alphonse, Eugenio, Ruben, and Rich. Who am I missing? Uh, not, no one. That's 15. Yeah, I understand how you're short a dude, though. Shouldn't be. Jonathan. I only have four guys in my column. Does that mean somebody? Oh, you can't pick Peter Bracken once again. Oh, BK did it. Jesus, I, I need BK. to be. I need to be guided. It, it has a. <laughs> you see, you see this section right here when there it says know. six of there's, five. There's your guidance. Tell you. Yeah. All right, Daniel Coto, and we don't, and somehow we have enough women. I mean, uh, I don't it, know it all. 15. 15. Is She's Michaela, TV. Is Michaela on this? Yeah. Oh uh, no, she's not. Shit. Damn. No, she's not. Got Heineken. No, no, no. He got a uh, Petrova. Got Petrova. Yeah. That's why we, uh, okay. we waited there's, not to pick her. There's Dang. no Michaela Norman. Um, I don't know what to do about that then. I guess he, he gets the, the TBA. Yeah, that's the way this works. All right. TBD. Lame. That's what screwed up my whole draft right there. Ah. Oh yeah, hey, who's now even you know on this? Like, like there, there's not the the next American athlete is Talita Schultz. Um, so okay. in 29th, so potentially everybody else is international, and then like they're not willing to go past the 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 top 30 because you know no one's good once you're 31st. Because yeah, because that that's that's just like it's where, a, that's where the software cuts us off on the yeah, yeah. on the website. So like but can't even I, fathom. I forget what number happens out. after that. Yeah. So do we bother with wild cards? No, there are no wild cards. Everyone got picked. Yeah, because you get the fill in with the TBD. Like to. Should we pick the 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 men's right, open? Well, I, I, the get, men's, I get uh, first. Elite? I get first wild card, I guess, because of the snake draft style. Um, There's no one to pick. I'm going. I'm going Paleo. <laughs> All right. I don't. I don't. Under, I don't quite. I know. Understand we're, what we're, we're, just, we're just. I'm just doing this to mock. We're bracket, just being goofy. But, yeah. Goofy we games, uh, got to make it. We got to make it a little bit of goofy games. We got to pick a Marcus Wallace, an Azuri. Yeah. Norman Woodring. Mm. Alan Seifert. Chris Rogowski. Yeah. She's fresh. It's true. She'll be there. She didn't even hit 100 miles. All right. I'm. Uh, uh, give me Chris Bob Brown. <laughs> he's got He's got a, a donk on him. I bet he could push a sled. He could, yeah. and he, he's as fast as they get. As fast as they get. All right. I think we've gone way too long today. Oh, yeah. We had a lot to talk about. So, big episode. Big episode. We'll make sure to loop you guys in on what's going on down the road. Make sure you check this out. It seems like they're going to have that same kind of coverage that they had for Worlds. So, we could hopefully we could expect some some higher end quality for all of these uh, events. That would be, I think that would be amazing. That would be kind of like unprecedented in, in, in our space in general is mm-hmm. live, high quality coverage we can hope we can hope that tells the story of the actual races themselves so we'll see if there was ever an event that there's a capability for live high quality coverage it's an indoor in a major station based loop running course in a major city yeah exactly so bk and jack will be there on site i'll be on site whole squads out here i think matt davis gonna be out there media is gonna be all over the place so it should be fun what time you go off just so people 
or where it, you, it's men at about noon, noon and then one fifteen, I believe one fifteen between one and two, I believe your lunch hour hours should probably be dominated by high rocks. Definitely. We're just going to have a good race. He's going to get the best back rub the night before. It's going to be good. You can't, you come and hang out. Come and hang out. Nice. Roomies. I got that ball in spot. You know it. Mm-hmm. What we got on uh, the running public? Well, Kirk and I caught back up this week. She was gone last week and then hit a few Q's, a few A's. Mm-hmm. And then we have a uh, tomorrow, actually. We're recording a day early, I think. Ah. Nah, it's still Thursday. Never we mind. have a we have a guest coming on, but I don't announce them in advance anymore because that's screwed when up. the universe dumps on you. Did you have anybody Friday? It was me. Was it me? We had Rich Ryan on Friday, and we got into what Hyrox has done for our run training. Mm-hmm. You want to take it? You want to give us a little blurb? We talked about how to improve your running while not running using machine based work. Yeah, but not as rehab, not, not as rehab, rehab as added work to improve your running. Cross training, straight up. That's good. RMR training podcast just had Kent and Meg and I just chalking it up. All racing this weekend, all in that Elite 15, just talking about where we are in our training. Just that's kind of what the that's kind of what the show is now. I, I gotta say back to your episode, Rich, with with Bracken. I you guys missed out on uh the arc trainer. Didn't PK talk about the arc trainer a bunch? I heard elliptical. I called it the zero runner, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ryan Kent used to use that when he was hurt and like a lot of other athletes, uh, like uh, Eilish McColgan, the really talented Olympic runner from Scotland. She does altitude camps in Colorado Springs and she uses that thing for cross training all the time. At uh, I can't imagine. I don't I understand to. how she's not hurt literally every day. Every I know. Week. Yeah. But, but bottom line, our, our trainer would have been my pick. All right. Zero runner. I think is the same. Okay. That's what we that, that's what we use in, for the yeah, name. Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 not the elliptical. Basically, it's a similar idea, but it has more of a running stride for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, fam. I concede. We'll see you guys soon. See you, boys.